I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And here we are for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And there is, once again, no lack of things going on in the game of rugby league from the weekend boxing. Very true. There is a fair Very bit true. happening. Uh, for the first time sort of this year, we started to see some scores creep in, but there was a couple of absolute bloodbaths. Yeah, we spoke about it last week, didn't we, about just the fact that the competition seemed to be... Starting to fracture a little mm, bit. yeah. A couple of islands appearing. Mm, that top end is obviously still a good shuffle for top four, top eight, home finals, etc. But pending results, we spoke about the bottom of the eight getting separated and then the bottom end itself is just absolutely capitulating at this point in time. Yeah. So things are really starting to shake out. And then obviously the Origin team's come out and there's been a whole heap being talked about in that regard in the last 24, 48 hours. So that's also been another interesting talking point. So yeah. with all that... Let's just jump straight in and do our set of six. And this show is brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. And the hot streak continues. Three on the trot. And we've cracked a 1000 bucks already, which is beautiful. Charity account. Outstanding. Best bet on the app. And the bet that I took <clears> back for the charity, Tommy Dearden and the Cowboys, 13 plus. And my God, they certainly did that. And then some. Oof. They gave me a fair bit of spare room there, but that was another hundy to the kit. So $1,000.50 we sit at now for the charity account. So Outstanding. Beautiful. Thank you, Blue Bet. Again, support the betting agency who supports us, the true Blue Bookie. Um, set of six. Let's get into that. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby, and the crew there. Corner of Bat Street, York Road. Get down, SinclairHyundai.com.au. Get yourself in a Velosta or a Santa Fe or, you know, a Tucson. Mm. A beautiful North Korean wrecking machine. Got to get that into you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, South Korea. Sorry, not North Korea. Wrong one. Sorry, Kim Jong. Jesus. Apologies to Kim Jong. And his fantastic haircut. Tackle one. uh, Origin teams. We'll start off with the Queensland team. And I don't think any surprise. Uh, I spoke to a few friends, even two of my mates who were like, oh, would you move Munster? Would you do this? Would you do that? It's like, no. You leave the spine as is. They've got a ready-made replace it replacement in AJ Brimson, who's played there before, done a good job. Good play when he's healthy. That's probably been his only issue, really, across his career. So straight swap, leaves the rest of the spine intact. Still got the dual nine situation, plus the cover for lock, hooker, half with Ben Hunt. And then the other one with Flagger being injured, big red, Corey Horsburgh, who's been playing outstanding. Hasn't been considered for the whole series, but again, naturally rolls in, in form. No issues for Queensland. So there's, there's not a whole lot I guess well, there's, there's zero to say. Um, things just make sense, don't they? Yeah. And they I, look like they've got a plan. The talk of... The players that have been named in the extended squad hmm. as though they were the next best to come in have yep. been 
used. promoted as such. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it makes sense. And Hopgood, I think rightfully so, gets to come into camp. For yeah, I found three. that one a little bit strange because Parramatta play this week. Yeah, but he'll be, he'll be released. He'll be play. released. Yeah, okay. He's 19th. He's not 18th. So right. Tom Dearden's 18th, and that's fair enough because they're not playing. I suppose also that they're going to be... Are they based in Sydney? No, they probably wouldn't be. They are, they'll come down, yeah. maybe. But regardless, it's an experience for him for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, he deserves to be in the squad. He's been really good. Um, there was a little dip, but not to his own fault. They had a couple of players back. They took him out of the starting spot. His minutes dropped. Yeah. Um, but now with the injuries and him being reintroduced, it's... It's I think a nice reward for him, definitely. ...clear to Brad Arthur that he's the starting 13, again. Um Yep. But yeah, good reward for him. Very natural for them. And I, I guess any questions around whether they're taking things seriously, you didn't see any question marks, doubts about anyone wanting to play in game three for them. Um, or any, no, I guess, question. No. you know. I think I, once, once like to the players, all this dead rubber stuff just doesn't exist. It's, no. it's a state of origin game, particularly if it's your first. But they, they can take a piece of history here. I right? think Queensland have got, yeah, probably got a little bit more to play for, but then you could look at it and go, well, New South Wales have got more to play for because well, you, should have you don't want to get for. beat 3-0. But so that's, that's the question, Mark. There's a lot at stake. My, my argument is just that I'm not sure whether we should be playing yeah. dead rubbers. That, that's all. That, well, that's it, my only argument. If, I think the players play enough footy. There's two teams. I'm not sure whether you need, need it once the series is decided, but again, mm. like we spoke about last week, there's a lot that goes into that in regards to... TV contracts, yeah, tickets, money, guarantees, so tickets, for the, for revenue. For the foreseeable future, that's the way it's going to be. Mm. I just hope that, you know, maybe one day down the track, that if you really want the three games, like I suggested last week, maybe go to a five-game series and you're definitely going to get three. Well, on... And you that, might get five. But it's just about where you fit those games in. And then you, you then need to take games away out of the schedule and shorten the NRL season. Because I think at the moment, we the players play too much footy. Our elite players play far too much football. Well, again, like we've talked about the last few years, the compression with COVID, the extension, the yeah. origin bubble, another season into a World Cup rolling into a non-pre-season, off-season. into a longer season into yeah. football again. It's been a very long four years, realistically. Absolutely, it has been. Um, but to the Since point, the resumption post-COVID, it's been ridiculous. Craziness, yeah. But to the point you made, a lot of the coaches come out last week, and I think a lot of the clubs are getting the shits now. Uh, Blake Solly, Wayne Bennett, like lots of guys. Wayne Bennett, I think, probably had the strongest comments, and probably fair across his time with the teams he had, saying that Origin at some point probably cost him a chance at a few more premierships. Oh, yeah. And like, well, you could see that as, you know, like that's a big remark, but to be fair, the teams he had over the years at Brisbane and some of the effects they had with how many players they tipped in, he's probably not wrong. There's someone, there's at least one team every year you think Origin got him. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, that's why I'm looking at game three from a New South Wales perspective and you're talking about that will go on to tackle two now with New South Wales. And there's two teams that are real losers out of this. So for South to rule out Latrell, get on the front foot, and they've pretty much ruled out Campbell Graham, which is I'm sure is legit. And then four of your players get called in anyway. Cody, who wasn't used when it really, really mattered. Cameron Kalon Matungi was available and healthy and ready to go for game two, played well before that didn't get picked. Cook wasn't in the mix until last game, played all that time in the centres. Um, and then the other one's Parramatta, who was pretty much left alone. They've dropped Paul out, but then they've taken in Gutherson, Moses again, and now Regan Campbell-Gillard. So they're two teams, sort of, I guess. Well, I said it before um, game two that my mail was that Cody Walker was going to get picked. Yeah, because so I think this, yeah, all but confirms that. So Jerome Luai essentially was in the team uh, because they, they their preferred choice wasn't able to play. And, hmm. you know, they, oh, but, know, knowing that now, it's, it's a little surprising, particularly considering that Cleary went out. You would have almost just thrown in Nico Hines, like. 
he's making too much sense. But to that point, let's go through it. So out of the team, Hudson Young dropped after two games. You took him did, did you Let's go through him individually, though. Did you think Hudson Young deserved to be dropped? No, and that's sort of the point I was going to make. This, I thought him and Liam Martin were probably our best two players. Like They were the two that took it to Queensland physically. Uh, I feel as though I think Hudson's got good leg speed. He's got good agility. Well, he's simple, got an offload. Here's a simple question. Is he part of the future? Yeah, definitely. So why the fuck did we drop him? Mm. Like Frizzell, as good as he, I think he was probably up consistent across both games, dropping him makes sense to me if you're blooding fresh Frizzell, guys. I would never have picked Frizzell this series. I thought he was great, to be honest. But I'm saying now for yeah. game three, we go... No, no, no. That, you, you missed my point. I would never yeah, have picked Frizzell this series just because I thought and like, I his time's passed. But yeah, when he put to, on the jersey, he was he was okay. To this point, though, we yeah. now hit game three, and I'm like, okay, so you've dropped Frizzell, but now we bring in a 34 year old five eight for a dead rubber. Yeah, rather yeah. than giving Nico probably right. That go crap. through the rest of them. Hudson. So Hudson shouldn't have been dropped, and they mishandled him game one. You took Amanu, who they've raved about, had in camp, kept there, gave twelve minutes to, and they've now dropped him well, after that, one game. Yeah, that one. That's stupid. Went, yeah, oh, I don't know about so that. Don't when pick they, him when the they justified place. when they spoke yesterday about the fact that. They had a few middles unavailable, Payne Haas. But they've justified having him there the whole time and picking him last game over the Saifides and other guys that were I would have picked him ahead of Saifides. And Regan Campbell-Gillard. I wouldn't have picked him ahead of Regan Campbell-Gillard. I would have See, he wouldn't have been in my game two team because I would have picked Campbell-Gillard. Personal. And then the other one, again. And that's also not knowing Unless you're watching every game of football like a desperado every weekend. They had McLean in last year who wasn't playing that bad doing this little run and they didn't look at him again. Yeah. Like, I just... There's lots of options. And then, like, it's the same old, same old. So he gets 12 minutes. And I wrote all these players down here. Kimball Gillard has been giving one game two years in a row, dropped, when I thought he was probably our best middle in those two I thought two he was games. our best middle game one last year. You took him under the spoke about wrapped and defended why they picked him, gave him one game, 12 minutes, dropped. Nico, utility off the bench, one game, dropped. Katoni Staggs, one game, dropped. Ryan Madison, one game, dropped. Tabita Pengai, one game, dropped. Sifa Talakai in over Jack, who was basically man of that game one, got COVID, kicked out, dropped. Nick Kotrick, one game, dropped. Matt Pryor, token game, dropped. Hmm. Like, what the fuck are we doing? And we wonder why. And then you look on the other side of the fence, and like the only real blip on the radar I've heard anyone say was, oh, they didn't bring Cobbo back in for this game. I'm like, well, he still might be under a bit of a cloud. They don't want to carry that doubt, and Coates got the game done, and the series is done. So why would they bring him in now and hurt Brisbane? Yeah, they leave Coates in to finish the job. I understand that, and I'm sure Billy would have justified that in the phone call. But I don't know how you go ringing all these guys when you're ringing them. I just don't see the plan. I feel like at the well, moment we're making, we're making it up a little bit, yeah. And then on top of that, like we said, there's, there's the been... The issue more... I've got with Nico Hines is that we... And I said this before the series, I just... I don't like... Like, you either pick him at six or you don't pick you don't him pick at him all. You don't pick him at all. And, and I agree with you. He got 10 minutes in his non... Like, a very non-preferred position. Yeah. Picked as a utility where I don't feel like he's comfortable playing utility. Hmm. Hmm. But even, like, let's go through a few others. So they bring Jake back in. I'm like, okay, it's a dead rubber. Is he going to be a part of it for the next couple of years? Well, I don't know because if Freddie's not the coach, I can't guarantee that. Yeah. He, he's probably in the mix, but I've said it before. Out of the middles we have, if we have Haas, Regan, Paulo, I'm not playing him as middle. And he's not my lock. He's not my preferred lock. So he's probably not a part of it. In this game, I would, have, I would have picked him. So for that mm-hmm. side of things, uh, Regan coming in now but dropping Paulo out when you've lost Haas makes no sense to me. Picking Jacob over Daniel, I think Daniel's... I wouldn't better. have picked either of them. I, I wouldn't have either, but for the, the, the selections they've made, would never have to bring in a thirty-four-year-old. I play. think bringing in Campbell Gillard is a good move. Dropping Paulo, a bad move. Kalawa's a game late again. He was available for game yeah, two. Yeah, I would have picked him for game so two. So I understand him, but he, he's one that at least makes sense to me because he's part of the future. But Hudson Young's also part of the future. Correct. So yeah. why are you dropping him? 
you took a mono you stuck up for, now you've dropped him. Was he, is he part of your future? Well, clearly he's not because you've just backdoored him. Oh, that sort of stuff is very frustrating. We know Turbo's out, so that's a force change. Haas pulled out with an ankle and a hamstring. There was two things around it. I think Brisbane, regardless of whether it's the truth or not, I would have been doing anything to not let him go into camp as well. Yeah, I agree. So whether people like that or not, I'll say, well, that's the reason we are where we are. Well, that's also on New South Wales for the way they handle things, to create that environment and the chopping and changing of guys after one game or two games. If you don't give loyalty the other way, it doesn't go the other way either in the situation and people come into it as individuals rather than a team. Yeah, I, I can't remember the New South Wales team being this fractured. No. Even through the nine series losses in a row. No, I don't think neither can we were I. ever this fractured. Uh, in terms of <clears throat> the... Just think- the disconnection from the, co- from the coaching staff, their plan, their message to the fan base and the media and what's getting conveyed at the moment. The other, it's just not a good look. And you've got Brandy going on some shows. You've got Freddie going on, on other shows. Um, it's like when they get a when they get a difficult question, they, they bark up. Yeah, it's like, it's, don't, don't do that. But it's like, well, is anyone able, like, so is it wrong to ask a question? I felt like that, that started after game three last year and it's just continued through this series as well. But his policies also sort of changed. When he got there, I remember talking to Vaughn when they went in, he told them all that first year basically about the media side of things and they wanted to do the opposite of what people had been doing. Like, we get out every day, we talk, we give, like we feed into it and then the last few years it hasn't been that way at all. So I don't know whether the media side's worn him down or he's sort but of changed to do that when you're winning. tune on that, but he's also in the media. And then today, that story comes out where he's gone out and Googled, you know, all those quotes and feels like there's a vendetta against him on an agenda and all that. Well, it's like, well, you've got plenty of time. Yeah, but I like, think, yeah, I think you said there was an agenda. Is that what you said? An agenda. Like, there's a difference between times. an inge- agenda and a pattern criticism as well of dropping mm-hmm. players or selection. Like, it's very, very weird policy. But let's be frank, right? Safidi, I wouldn't have picked him. There's other options we just spoke about. Um, Campbell Gillard, I think, will be part of the future, but I still think Paulo would have been part of that future for another pick, couple of years. So I wouldn't have Campbell. dropped him for yeah. Jacob in particular. The center spot, especially for, when Haas is going out. Center spot for Bradman Best is not is more to me a potential pick again, like other ones, where I still think he's got potentially still young. But if we're going being legit, I know Burton's not playing that well in the team he's in, but I'd rather have him at center. Tago's been more I consistent. I would not have picked Burton at center. Well, he's playing halfback. He was the center of the year, and he's been pretty bloody good. And we played yeah, him there last again. year. And I think he's got more likely to have picked him there. Well, he's got more likelihood to play an origin at no, centre or another center. spot. Pick Stags well, or pick Pick Stags, pick Benasani, pick Tago, pick yeah. someone who's actually in I, four. I don't have a problem with Bradman Best for getting picked. Like I, I, I sort of do in the fact that if you want to argue form, on form he's, okay, but how many of the other players are getting picked on form? If you're arguing form, then Nico Hines should be in the team. Should have been in the team for game one. They should be in there now instead yeah. of a thirty-four. So, and I thought Cody I, Walker, I, just, I think we pick and choose when we want to make the argument about form. I, like, well, Bradman, Bradman Best, I can, I can live with. I, like, I wouldn't have picked him, but I look at it and go, okay, let's see how he goes. And I'd rather him do it now than pick him in game one next year and have him in play. Well, he definitely, that's my other thing, though. Yeah. I'm like, well, would he be there next year? No. Like, well, he might be. If Stags, he comes out Penna, here, if he come, this might be the making of him. Stags, Penasani, Ortega, Automea, better form. I would have picked Tungo, yeah. I would have picked Tungo hands down. Yeah. And one of the big things when people talk about this If Penna, we're going on form. This Penrith game plan, one thing I think people neglect when you watch Penrith, it's not just the spy and the lock. Their back five is outstanding. And you but it also have, depends on, are you looking for a left center or are you looking for a right center? Well, Crichton can play both sides and then you put Tago on his preferred side. Yeah, and then you I understand solved. that. But what, I, what I'm saying is that, you know, you're plugging, you're plugging the whole... That's been left. 
Or are you just picking the best center? Well, you could have done that regardless, like I said, because Crichton gives you that flexibility. Yeah, I know that, but I'd, I want to keep, I want to keep Crichton the right. Style. Staggs could have been on the right. Crichton could have been on the left for both those two. Or to allow Targo, you could have had him on the left. I think it does Crichton matter right. because I want combinations if I can form them up. And that's my point. So I think either way, you could have him with Toto. They both play both sides of the field, so does Fox. Mm. So I think you could have made that work regardless. And they've punted yeah, Lua. I want, him, I want him where they are for club. Mm. And he's benched, Joe, club. and he's punted Lua, and there's no clearer. So in that sense of building a whole edge, that's no longer there. Um, but I don't care about that. But if I want to stick those two in their, in where they're playing week in, week out. Well, you out. could, on the right with Liam Martin. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. goes on the left with Cody Walker. Yeah, and Adokar and, and Bradman Besser on the left. So, but yeah, I think out of that one, even for that sense, moving forward, I thought those three were all ahead of him. Um, the Gufferson pick, again, I think we're light on the bench again. Cause I that's look at, why when, when the Stags, Stags name got thrown up, I'm like, well, Stags is a right centre. So I think just sides did come into it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm talking about the bench utility, like Gutherson. Yeah, now. no, now I'm talking about centre. I'm still talking about centre. Mm. Yeah, okay, move on. Yeah, well, the Gutherson one to me goes back to the Nico point again, where you're planning for something yeah, to go I don't, wrong, I don't get that. but you're short in the middle, and then their justification is, well, Robson can play as a middle. I'm like, well, we fucking Robson's your future at nine. You play he's Robson not, at nine. He's not you a, don't bring him in to play third end to be a battering ram. He's not a middle. If you needed him to, sure, but now what you've done is, again, left yourself short. But you're also, if you have Robson and Cook on the field at the same time, we're small. 100%. But now you've got Yo and one middle, and it's Jacob, who, again, out of the options we had, he wouldn't have been my pick. It's just the game's gone away from that body, that big, tall, rangy, slow leg speed type body. We're not picking a team for to win a 90s origin game. We're picking a team to win a origin game in 2023. Now, I, I just don't. I've, I've never seen it with the Saifidis. I've never. That's no disrespect to them. You know, I think they're really, really competent and impactful NRL players, but oh, you when the intensity to... and the and the speed of the game goes up, I'm just not sure that their style of play suits the origin arena. That's that's just my opinion. Your model now, if you're that big, is a Haas. That's no, the one. No shit. Yeah. And obviously they've got Tino and Paul, Carrigan Paul, and a couple of guys Paul. like that. And Paulo's mobile. Yeah, Regan's probably Regan. still more that stock standard guy, but you no can... No way. No way that no, Regan's any, anything like Safidis. My point is you can afford to probably have one. You can't afford to have just I three pillars. Have any. That's my... Yeah, my but, mind. yeah, they've gone Yo, Safidi, Robson, Gufferson. The other argument everyone's making, well, Murray's better than him. He should have been the last two games. I'm like, well, again, the the way they were trying to play dictates that he probably is your 13 and he well, just plays as a junior Walker, I think you, you put Murray in at 13. And that's what you've got. Mm. And you've got Kalamatungi now. So you've got a link to a link to a link and with Damien Cook, which I'm yeah, assuming... Yeah, but Murray doesn't link. That's the thing. Like, they don't play that style of game. So I look forward to seeing New South Wales move away from the link, particularly to start the game. Well, I've seen some people argue he's a better ball player than Yo, which I don't understand. I don't know what game they Murray? Watch. Yeah. But he's a different ball player. He's different. He's not. He doesn't play. He's as not a an engaging ball service, player. Yeah, getting in. Player. He's what what Isaiah Yeo does is excellent. Mm. You know, you watch what he did the other night against Melbourne in the Penrith system. But just because it works there doesn't mean you can pick it up and plug it in at Origin level. It's mm. again, I don't think that style is conducive at this level, particularly when you have the quality of the opposition that Queensland have and the fact that they know how to break that style of game down, and we haven't been able to come up with a plan B. Mm. The other one for me, like Lenu's 18th, they've talked about him more series. Again, still would have preferred him than Jacob for the short. You still might get it. Get. 
You still might get it. I, th- uh, I feel like there might be some ducks and drakes being played. I'm happy about one thing, that Drinkwater's the 19th, because to me... So that I'd argument, play him over Gutherson. Well, that's my point, because I think he's a better I'd cover for I'd play both half. of them. So 18, 19 would be in the team, and I'd take Saifidi and Gutherson out, and they'd be my 18 and 19. But even Again, on that, I'm like... The argument the other week when I said I'd probably prefer him than Dill, just because I think Dill is Tedesco, <sighs> younger, fitter, like similar type of player, in my opinion. I think you need someone with a bit more X-factor in the ball-playing ability. Yeah. But I've come back to what I was trying to say before, the big part of the Penrith game that a lot of people underestimate is the yardage game. What yeah. their back five does, how that sets up. There is a realm here, and I know you, you don't like it when I said it. I would have happily picked Edwards on the wing just for what he does with the ball. No. And carrying and working out of the backfield. But with that, you could have had Crichton, Toho, Edwards, and Tungo if you picked him and build up your whole back four and still been able to give Tedesco what possibly could be his last game and a bit of a thank you to finish up in New South Wales. Yeah, there's no, there's no way I would have done that. Well, again, Fox is very lucky to be there. And in terms of replacing him and who they would have placed him with, the only person that I really see fit to go to a wing would have been pushing Crichton out and putting another one of those centers in again. Because I don't think there's any other wingers that really need to, uh, deserve to go in right now, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Tupo, I don't think has been playing bad. But again, we're going off age and moving forward. He's even older than Fox. Fox's form doesn't justify it. The whole Sawali thing well and truly is out the window with him moving on and anyone else you'd look at. Like, Kotrick's not playing, not starting. Karaz was talking about before his injury and there's no way you look at him. The talk about Johnston, I've had that opinion a million times and I know there was an argument this week that because they've got all these guys in plus Cody, you'd pick him. There's no way he survives Origin, especially what you need to do with the yardage. That side of his game is non-existent and it would not help in Origin. We don't need someone to finish. Yeah, We need someone who's going to tick all the boxes. Good under the high ball, reliable out of the backfield, 20 dirty carries and effective. He's Unfortunately, he's not effective out of the backfield. He's a great NRL player. He's a top-class NRL player. He might, he's one of those guys you probably look at and go, like Merritt, maybe at some point someone does give him that jersey. But he is not, to me, like on that rep level in all facets of his game. It's not saying he's not a very good player, but yeah. I heard a little bit of that and I was just like, nah. Mm. I would have, I have other ways I would have readjusted like we do with fullbacks and centre, which again, people can argue about, but it's just getting better players in the team. But for just the backfield work, I'm like, if you want to really bite into that whole Penrith thing, everything I think a lot of people miss in the biggest part of what they do comes from their back five. That sort of really tees up everything they want to do in their game. Front line, that energy, Canada yeah, backfield. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it correlates over to Origin. No. Nah. But without like without going, well, I want to play that way. I'm like, well, you can try to play that way. But, yeah. Uh, have we missed anything? Or well, I think we're pretty close. Yeah. But I, I'm just confused. Like, they're saying they're picking a team to win. I'm like, well, that's that's fine. But I also think you've missed an opportunity here for a few guys to come in who probably just, I think are in form, playing well enough, and will be there moving forward. So, like, a Cody move for me, I said it before game one, even over Nico and all that. Like, they went with Luo, but to me, Cody Walker was the best five in the competition. So you pick him in the series on the line. I know game two misses out, but bring him in now. It does make sense. Nico makes sense now. And he's not getting a game. Yeah. Um, you know, no. Martin moving to the back row, starting. Murray playing more time. I think you need to work out who who are you going to play next year? Yeah. Who's going to play 5-8 next year when Nathan Cleary comes back? And so I'm going to play that person. They should have had a look at Nico. I, I think, think it was either Nico or... And Bert. then you could have looked at him and Moses and looked at it and go, okay, Cody's 34 or whatever. One of these two is probably going to be playing with him. We're not going to go over the way. Nicole Burton, they're the two for me. No, no oh, one else would have been playing horrendously as a half. I don't care. So I don't care. That's my opinion. But I think you need. Yeah, I, I would have just gone. Who's who's more likely to to be there next year? Mm. I'm comfortable with. Oh, it would have been Nico hands down for me. But the next the next cab off the rank would have been Burton. 
not Walker. And that's with due respect to Cody Walker. It's, not, it's just time. It's not, time's not on his like, side. And He's the best fighter. Really if you really want to play bump then, okay, so I'd then bump Walker. I, I would have been happy to play Walker off the bench and bump Gutherson out. Like if you have to have someone that's a utility, hmm. which is a fullback or a half on the bench, I, I could live with Walker. Like Walker's yeah. such a... Um, he can play anywhere. such football flamboyance. I know people hate that term, but he is legit yeah, a football player in every sense. He could play, and but he's got anyway. so many different strengths, right? His running game's great. Kicking game, you could put him in the middle. He can kick. He can run. He can pass. He's a threat. Yeah, full stop. Like I, I could anywhere you want to put picking him. him. But I just yeah, there's a in, we missed an opportunity there. There's a weird balance here. It's like okay, so we're going to bring Jake back in, but we're going to drop Paul out. But Haas is out, but we're going to pick Jacob. I'm like, is Jacob going to be there next year? Like, there's mixed messaging. And then any of the work you laid in, especially... But I don't think Freddie cares about next year because it's more he probably thinks he's, he's gone. He's not going to be That's what I mean. The groundwork with Utoy or even a Hudson, I look at that and I'm like, that's just done. I didn't agree with what they did game one and I don't agree with dropping him now. Yeah. So, while there's some things I do like, yeah, there's a few parts of it. It's it's just very mixed. They're saying it's for the win. Uh, that's all well and good. But I, I, still, I think we still could have picked a better team and look towards the future. That's my opinion, but... Yeah. Again, everyone's got one. Everyone's entitled to one. Um, but you can tell by the t- the length of this discussion and where we're at, the thoughts on everything. Um, I'd be interested to see how he rolls this interchange. And so Safidi's obviously a straight up change for Jake or Regan. I'm assuming Jake's going to play big minutes. The fact that he's got Martin, Kalama, Tengi, and Murray. Like, does he deploy Yo just as a straight up middle change then, and keep Murray on the field? Yeah, for Jake, like you know, like know. does Robson take? Time off Cook, or is he just literally roll him out there as a straight-up middle and his guts doesn't even get on the field? Good luck working out interchanges. Well, from what they've done now, I'm just sort of looking at it going, okay. Um, and then, yeah, best on the right. And from, like, sort of that form, assuming... Well, sorry, we're assuming he's on the left with the right-side attack. So the right-side attack that's coming at him will be Cherry Evans, Valentine Holmes... Uh, it's not for feeder, is it? No. Jeremiah Nanai, like it's certainly going to have his work cut out for him. Absolutely. So we'll definitely see if he's up for the task, that's for sure. But, mm. yeah, it's been an interesting week, to say the least. Let's move on. Tackle three. Uh, basically, the next three tackles, we're going to address the three elephants in the room. A lot of it we've talked about to some extent, so don't think it needs to be crazy in depth, but the three clubs that were basically having house fires over the weekend and they've been the talk of everything. So we'll start with St. George. Lapped by 52, um, similar to last week. Not a bad start. And then it got ugly. Conceded an absolute stack. Second half, come out with a little bit of fight. Then got burnt to the ground again. Lots of talk again about the Ben Hunt situation. More stuff leaking out. Most of buyers been told to go. Lomax has apparently been told he's not wanted. Then Flanagan comes straight out and says, I haven't said that. Like, you know. The whole game of Ducks and Drakes has already started, but I still think if you're looking at what's going on, I, I still find no way that Ben Hunt's going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't look that way. <clears throat> and doesn't look that way, but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that will depend on Shane Flanagan and the influence that they can have between now and then. Mm. I think the Empire one's no surprise. Um, in terms of the Lomax one, I think it's a surprise more on the fact that I think the amount of money he's on the three years to go, if they really are doing that or if that's a way to try and light a fire on his ass, I thought he at least would have had a crack maybe for the first year to see what he could do with him, <clears throat> considering he's got three whole years to run. 
Yeah. But like, what type of freight is someone willing to take with that contract? Mm. Like, I think they're going to have to chip in a decent amount of wedge. No one's just going to take that. Not with the terms and where it's at right now. That's a lot to swallow. Like, what, what, what would you What would you think would be a fit? Like, we're we're going off again. Assumptions and numbers. They've set up to eight hundred. From me, I've heard it was about seven. So let's just go ballpark. If it's around there, what sort of freight you reckon a club's willing to pay? I reckon a club's probably willing to pay four fifty five max. So I think they're minimum going to be chipping in two hundred plus. If they were to move a contract of that size for a guy who's still only 22, 23 years old, has plenty of potential, just hasn't delivered consistently. Yeah. But no one's taking full freight for three more years on seven, eight hundred thousand for Zach Lomax. That's top center money. That's Joey Martin. But they've money. come out and torpedoed that, haven't they? So well, that's supposedly, not, but I, I, again, it's bullshit talk. It, I don't, I don't really want to engage in it. Like the place leaks like a sieve at the mm. moment, though, with the problems they've got. So yeah. Uh, but I, this one, I'm trying to cut really short because I think it's as simple as what I said the other week. This situation for the Dragons, why dire at the moment? I know everyone's frustrated, and I would be too, because the place has been an absolute shit show. But do we expect anything more? And they needed to sort this out. Do we really feel like they were going to be a top eight team this year? It's not even that. It's the moves that could have been made. Like should have been not done doing last, the deal. Spoken about second before the we season. Spoke about that. The key point here to take on board and to be happy about, in my opinion, is I think you've got the best coach that was available. Yeah, you're going to have to just eat a shit sandwich, unfortunately, again this season. But the best thing to know is he's seen your salary cap. He's seen your juniors. He was good with pathways, and you've got 14 guys off contract as of November 1. So I, I don't think next year, again, is going to be great. I th- certainly think they'll be a bit more steeled. Yeah. It's going to be interesting if Ben Hunt's not there because then they buy into that young spine and probably have to, again, eat some divots and progress and maybe blood a couple of guys or they might make a couple of moves. I don't know. We always know that the doors never close. But the one thing I do know is with 14 people off contract and him able to make moves quickly, I expect there to be some decent moves made next year. And I think he has enough appeal to make some moves to get things back on track a lot quicker than say what you're looking at mm-hmm. over at the Tigers or the Bulldogs or other clubs at this point in time. Yeah. And if they get the right players there, which I think with the Fianna's and a couple of those guys that are pretty good, get the spine right, sort out a nine, keep Sewer, get DeBellin on an actual reasonable deal than what he's on. I'm sure he'll be much more flexible with his negotiations next time because no one's giving the money he's on right now. I think there's actually some okay deals that can be done and you make a few moves, I don't think it's that bad. It's true. So from that perspective, I know it's hard to hear that right now because it's been a shit fight for a few years. But like you're sort of just in limbo for the rest of this year. We we or set it after game two when they go he had to reapply for his job. They firebombed their own season. The club brought this on themselves. <laughs> literally. Yeah, exactly. They could have made the move. Exactly. Set it in the preseason that players had literally been told that he's going to be gone, don't worry about it. Like when you hear that sort of shit coming out and you know it and you've actually spoken to people that know that, there's a problem. They should have just done it. Ripped the band-aid off. <coughs> Agree. And they could have had him to start with. But roundabout way, because I know everyone's so angry out there, who knows what's true, what's not true. But the the Embiid thing's definitely true. There's definitely some smoke around the Lomax thing. I don't think Hunt will be there. That's just my opinion. But other than that, 14 people off contract. I think there'll be a lot more progress quicker here than at some clubs. So... For Dragons fans, and I know we got a lot of them that listen and they're frustrated. It's just unfortunate. And there's a little bit more pain to come. Yeah, yeah. But I think they've made the move. The move they needed to make was they made. the head coach. They made it. And they've made it. And now I think <clears throat> the only way it can get worse is if Ben Hunt walks. But I think if Ben Hunt walks, that'll be rock bottom. Yeah. And if he walks, though. Him, Drag him back up. So if he walks, you mean under the, like I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate him walking at the end of the year. Like, yeah, it's not mean, like he's going to be there for when they win a comp next. Do you mean walk on the deal or then let him go? Like 
both because they're standing well, the ground pretty firm at the moment. At the moment, they are. I think because. Well, firstly, there's no like we spoke about when this all got brought up. There was no advantage in them letting him go somewhere mid-year no. to end up Especially somewhere the next year they and not actually have leverage. Yeah. Mm. So what I think the smart thing is is to go. Okay, you're going to finish the season, right? Yeah. At the end of the season, I'm fleecing whoever you're going to. Well, that's what they're trying. Yeah. Yeah. No, not what they're trying. They've yeah. got a contract that'll happen. That will happen. There will have to be a price to pay. For yeah. him leaving. Like we said, significant transfer fee or a player. No, I don't think it'll be a significant transfer fee. I think it'll have to be a player or it will have to be, hey, Ben, you can go because we've got so-and-so from this club. He's coming in to take your salary. Like yeah. There'll have to be something, something there to take. for them to trigger him walking. I'd be interested. And at the moment, they're giving themselves that time to either A, convince Ben Hunt to stay or B, mm. service the, the league and look for that transaction that's going to make them you know, be their next halfback if they can if they can manage that. Well, I thought Sexton's not a bad player to get, but not a swap deal. I would have wouldn't have minded picking well, the him Bulldogs up. Got now, anyway. But they picked him up on a, basically a free release <laughs> and taken the deal. But yeah, like I'd be looking at New South Wales Cup. I'd be looking at some of those second tier halves. I, I still thinking, well, think the Moiaki proposal I said is reasonable, but it's up to Moiaki, obviously. If he's got no, I intention. think that's ridiculous. I, like I wouldn't be going and spending that money on a front rower. I, they need a not half. all that money. They I'd be going and up. approaching Cronulla about Braden Trindle. I'm saying that'd you, be the first one. Yeah, they're not letting him go. Never. Well, they might. Moylan's got a year to run. They might. They sign him. To 2025, there's surely been a discussion there with a player because there's no way he re-signs with Moylan or he re-signed not knowing. And let's be fair, he should already be there in front of Moylan right now. It's either that or I'm then going to go and have a look at, you know, who's who's the next big thing in terms of halves? I think... Latu Fainu at the moment, you know, mainly have given him permission to leave. Um, there's a lot of talk about, is it Weaver from Tom the Titans? Is he, on, half. is he on contract? Yeah. People have talked about Pezzett. He just extended and he literally came out the Pezzett, other day yeah. saying, why would I leave when I get the loan behind yeah, these guys? Exactly. So he's clearly admitted that he said, I'm only going to be 22 when this deal finishes in two years' time. So he doesn't want to go anywhere. On top yeah, of that again, so, he signed a contract no, to but what I'm, what I'm, so. what I, Yeah, okay, but Ben Hunt's got a contract too. So yeah, I know that. I can talk about, this is what I mean, we wear two hats. There's like, a difference with clarifying it and a guy who's literally contract, saying, I don't want to be here. One yeah, I know that. I but it's him. funny. It's funny how you know if a kid signed for two hundred and you offer him five hundred, how quickly he won out of his contract. So, yeah, I think the Dragons realistically they're going to get their hands dirty. They're going to get in the dirty game as well. If you know Ben Hunt wants to break a contract and go somewhere else, you know why can't they in- induce someone to break a contract? Like it seems to be happening everywhere. Um, and unfortunately, with the mechanisms that we've got for transfers and free agency. Uh, at the moment just don't support it. So we're just going to live in this world where contracts do mean Zippo. Or they mean a lot. They could. They mean a lot. They could. When clubs say, I don't want to go, or players say, well, I'm staying. They could get in the fight for a young Mm. bloke, but again, you're banking on future. Ethan Sanders, who's hotly chased from Parramatta, who's the SG ball winner and half. They're all saying he's the next Cooper Cronk. We know that's a hard take to carry for anybody. But there was even talk that Penrith were interested because of the Luai situation. Yeah. Which... Is, it makes perfect sense if anyone logically goes, why would you do that? Well, you go, well, if Luai wants 700 more than what he's on right now, which is reportedly around the 700 plus mark, and you've got room in your cap, and you go to a kid who's at Parramatta who just signed Moses until 27 and beyond, and Dylan Brown to 31, who's obviously not being terminated, there's a pretty easy character dangle there. Hey, mate, there is no pathway where you are. None. This guy's going. You can play off Nathan Cleary in this forward pack <clears throat> to start your first grade career. 
Yeah. And you may be the best young half coming through, but look at what we can offer you right now. Yeah. And they'd be able to offer him good money anyway. Not Luai money, but good first grade money to start off. So when I heard that the other day, I thought that made sense, but it's apparently been ruled out. Canberra would be a team that would be interested. I know the Eels are still fighting hard to give him, but with that block path, I find that interesting. The Dragons are another one if they want to go down that route. They're obviously already super young. They could offer that opportunity, but it's a hell of a learning experience to come from flag and ball level to go to a club in that situation and be a half with no one to help you. That's ideally a situation where you partner some of that with Ben Hunt, but he's not going to be there, which is why the Penrith situation makes complete sense to me. So I don't think they're going to be in the market for someone like him like you're talking about. But um, who are you talking about then? That's talking about halves and an option for the Dragons. Yeah. And that Ethan Sanders kid. Yeah. But I don't see them being in the market for someone like that because that's asking a lot of someone in his situation. For him, you're better off maybe signing... Well, even, like, even with young Fainu, like it's he's getting tossed around to... Like Canterbury, Dolphins, West Tigers. Dogs, West Dolphins. Tigers. Like, mm. But same deal. You, you need to go somewhere where you're going to learn, have someone good <clears throat> to kind of groom you, a good coach, maybe a decent a veteran half. Like Out of the situations that are right now for him, if I'm being honest, the three that have been mentioned, I think he'd be better off at the Dolphins. Under Bennett, someone like Sullivan, who I, I know he hasn't played a lot of footy, but I consider him... better off at Manly. I can, yeah, with well, Daly Evans. But you sign those deals and get your salary cap in enough, and they're looking at it going, he's not going to be ready to play in the next year or two. We want that money back. That's the difference when management changes, unfortunately. They look at things differently. So, uh, But yeah, I guess to sum things up on the Dragon situation, a lot of people are talking about it again this year. They're going to talk about it for the rest of the year, but un- unfortunately, I think they should start looking at Book of Man Monday. Yeah. Definitely. And I think the only thing really to come out of this, everyone's talking about not wanting to get the spoon. Well, that's going to come to a head in a week or two because I'm pretty sure they play the Tigers in the next few weeks. Jeez. They lose that game, they're even. Yeah. They win that game, they go too clear. And look at the Tigers right now. They don't have many other chances to win, and I think they're definitely playing worse than what the Dragons are right now, which isn't saying much. That's true. So I know it's a tough one for the Dragons fans, and people keep bringing it up, but mm. you can talk to your blue in the face. I think the biggest thing is he's coming in at the, the right time. Like half your roster off as of November 1 is a good situation. I know it doesn't bring much happiness next year, but hopefully you'll see some progress in some of those young kids in your halves and that spine finally gets to go, and then you see some good player market movement. But that's your best hope right now, unfortunately. Take a four moving on from that one. The next club off the rank is exactly that, the Tigers. It was only not that long ago we were speaking about the situation. Things were on the up. A couple of good performances, solid six or seven weeks put together, a couple of wins. And then as usual, just as anything starts to look good in the joint, we said that there was leaks and they needed to stop. Those leaks have got louder and then shit's really hit the fan. So they're pretty quick to derail themselves. How has shit hit the fan? Because of the result? Results. Changes, leaks. But what change? What changes? Well, McDonald gets sacked. About? Shane's gets that thrown in the outer. Leak. Like no, that was just. You got it's, sacked. it's more than just that. It's the whole picture that things were actually kind of steady and stable for a little bit there, and then as soon as the disruption. But were they? To the media, are you saying? Yeah. Externally, internally, there's well, football wise, result wise, like yeah. they put together probably the best six weeks they've had in the last couple of years, and then they absolutely derailed the joint. Yeah, but when when is that the standard for? I'm not saying it's the standard, standard but the standard of where they're coming they're from going good. isn't really that great. Yeah. So uh, it's certainly come off the tracks fairly quickly. But then you hear what we heard last week, and now obviously after the weekend, the talk is now that Benji's going to be elevated into the coaching position. Sheen's is looking like he's really on the outer. Um, it's a very interesting situation. And then the common theme here, which a lot of the fans are bringing up, and probably rightfully so, is the one consistent thing that's been there the whole time is a lot of the guys on the board and the bloke run the joint, and that hasn't changed across this whole journey. And to be fair, they knifed Madge, and we said at the time that was the wrong move because the bloke was trying to pull the whole weight of the world on his own. 
They're going worse than what they were when Madge was there. Plain and simple. Yeah, well, we said that was going to happen when And they, when they did fucking it. absolutely did a number on poor Kamali. That was a stitch up. But to think they could press eject on something that's supposed to be a multi-year plan this early, if they do, is quite a scary thought. Yeah, but if it's the wrong if it's a wrong plan, then you're better off getting out of it early than late. Mm. So I still think there's some changes, like I said, at other levels that have never been made that do need to be made. I think the place needs a complete rebuild from the top down. But how are you going to do that? Well, no, one, no one's been able to do it yet, have they? Yeah, but what's the reason for that? Well, the people in power are clearly not being challenged, are they? Well, I think they've been challenged, but they're... They're pretty secure. I think the biggest issue is that you've got two joint ventures who dislike each other. There's politics within that. And then you've had a decade-long period of underperformance in your elite team. And during that period, you've had zero aspiration from your juniors to play for that elite team, which has put themselves in the position they're in now where there's a huge void and a lack of development. Therefore, your elite team struggles. I think their their junior teams are now, they're coming, on, coming sort of out of that period. I think... You've seen that in Harold Matthews and SG Ball. You saw a little bit of it in New South Wales Cup the last two years. Probably not to the degree that they would like to see it. But particularly, I think, next year, your jersey, their jersey flag will improve. Gradually, their New South Wales Cup will improve, and that will filter slowly into first grade. So I think they're going to have a two-pronged attack, uh, attack in that you know, they probably need to go and purchase some players, provided it's for the right price, and then... You know, you need to ensure that they're the personalities that are going to allow those players, your juniors, to develop when they get to the elite level. That's sort of where they're at at the moment. Otherwise, they're going to get themselves in a situation where those players are either going to get blocked or those players are going to get the first grade, not like it, and go somewhere else. So I, I don't really... All the other, all the off-field stuff I struggle with. I, yeah. I think Scott Fulton's appointment, I can see why they've got... Scott over there because their recruitment hasn't been good. No, and you can, you can cut it whatever way you want, and people are sort of it wasn't just saying that. things about Scott, but it's like we'll just let him get in and do his job, and then we'll judge him based on what he does, mm. not on what you, not on what you think he's going to do. And you know, you, you're talking about a bloke who's been at Manly, and Manly's a very tribal club. Like I'm sure the the tribal issues and you know all the um, you know I guess the extracurricular stuff that you got to wade your way through. He's not going to struggle with that. No, and if he's given the ability to do his job, which is what they brought him there for, you'd hope that'd be yeah, the case. But the big thing for them is basically them. what you said. The void right now is that top-end talent. And I, I think that's probably the big point I take out of a game like but the But why weekend. is that void there? That's what you need to identify. Well, because they and completely isolated that. their path. And like we said, we know so it's slowly been So that's to do with the board. And but it's not CEOs. coming. It's, it's, got to do, it's got to do a little bit with... It's got to do with the clubs. Um, it's their responsibility. Well, it's got a little bit to do with leadership. It's got a lot to do with leadership. And understanding your role and having people stay in their lane and perform that job before they, you know, stick their nose in anywhere else. So, you know, good footy clubs, I think, are run that way. And if everyone's just pulling in the same direction and doing their job and then helping out other people where they can, I think that's like, that. not that just the core business of successful organisations? So I think... That's probably where you've you've got to look at it, and I'm not saying that that's not happening. That might be happening, and then you've got to look at the reasons why you're not getting the success. Then it's actually performance of job. Is that person the best person for the job? It doesn't mean that they're not 
they're not trying their ass off just means that there might be someone better in that position, no different to a player who's playing in a position. It doesn't mean they're not trying hard, but you know, if there's someone better, can perform better, then clubs got to do the same thing off the field as what they do on the field. Hmm. Well, the other thing, I probably don't know if you agree with me. I, I think you probably will, but I said this the other way. Seeing like someone like a talent to silver the other week been elevated the way he has, to give him a couple of games is one thing, but there's no way I'd let him finish out the year with the way things are going right now. I don't understand why he'd elevate. That's not his burden to carry. I think he needs to play some cup football. Buller certainly looks physically ready, but even him in the situation right now, I think you're at a point where maybe you want him to go yeah, back. Yeah, but if you take them out, who comes in? Well, I don't think it's and their cross to bear at this point in time, not why they're getting lit no, up the way they are without the nine. I know that, the coaches aren't thinking like that. And the other one, like today, they've spoke, they've upgraded Lachlan Galvin, who I think started as a back row. I played six into the top 30 as a halfback option because next year the only half on contract is out of Dewey. Wakeham's not even on. Man, at this point in time, they're going to have to come up with more than that. Iverson Matai, they took mid-year from the Bulldogs who was playing SG ball. Like To have that sort of thing, I'm worried that this next generation we're talking about, they're going to try and push through too soon to make up that gap we're talking about in development and top-end signing and maybe ruin a few of these kids or burn them out before their time. And that's probably your other issue with development is not going too quickly. And hurting those kids. Yeah, we don't want to go too quickly. So, like, you want push to, and a half, push and a one, push and a nine. Tip them in, tip them out. Yeah. But you, you're going to need... They're going to need but, someone to be with Api Corusau in the halves that's going to play 24 games. Buller, I can cop because he's a bit older than the yeah, others. So, you've got, like, you got Jareem there, yeah. He's going to be there starting like next year. You've got Galvin Api there. to Silva. You need to find one senior half to pair with a young kid. Because you can have... I think you can have Buller... Appy, senior half, and a kid, I think that would work. That would work okay. But right now, I think the issue they're going to have is finding someone who is a senior half. Yeah, or and B, some someone of... who wants to go to the Tigers. And that's your thing, because like, you throw out the name that we talked about the other week, who I think is a good half option. He plays fullback at the moment, but it's tough, but he's going to have better options than the Tigers. I, I'd go and get Cole Flanagan. Oh, that's an option. Tell me, tell me a better option... That's on the market. And I mean, is he going to cost you the world to get him? Like, what? Could... Well, they, they threw up options the other day, like for stock gaps. They talked about Cogger. I'm like, Cogger's. I, mean, I, I, I think potentially Cole Flanagan could be a good first grader. Like, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he got chewed up and spat out at two places where, you know, the, the Roosters one I sort of get because, you know, like he was, he was put into a team where they wanted to win and he wasn't quite ready for that. Then he went to the other end of the uh, end of the rung where he went somewhere where they wanted him to improve them and suddenly drag them up the ladder and that like that wasn't fair on him either. Mm. And then they've tipped him out now and it seems like his confidence has been smashed around a little bit. Like, oh, I, I almost I think, just think you need to grab him. I think we already know where he's going. Coach I, him and then well, I, but I don't want to assume. I'm just saying. But no, even look, he, even if he goes to the Dragons, like so I think there's something there. I, I didn't mind what I saw at Cup at night, to be honest, when I watched him play there too. So I think he's shown more than just the ability. You know, would to play you rather up. Kyle Flanagan or Brandon Wakem? Kyle Flanagan. But my point is, but the other option is if they're going to push through, and I think they probably need to do that in every position, right? Mm. But you, you know, need... is is there an upgrade? Can we get someone better in that yeah. position? But you need... even if they're under contract, go through your whole roster and go, what can we fix now? Mm. Because well, just just to say, oh, you know, we're going to have to wait for these kids to come through, and you know, they, oh, he doesn't want to come here, but. Like gradually, do it like that. Just put a brick on top of a brick, do and a brick on top of a brick, well. and a stop brick gaps, on top of a brick. Guys that can help those younger guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like this term stopgap. Like, just well, have you got some, someone? Is there someone out there 
who is a good human, who will contribute to the organisation, that will be good off the field, that we can get that is better than the person that we've got currently in that position. I think you're better off going out. If you're going to have Galvin and you've already locked in Dewey, I'd go get, oh, you, again, you want to call them stop gaps, transition halves, whatever. Good club and good people, reliable options. I'd go get two because you need four minimum in your books. Halves? Yes. No, I agree. But when I look at this I list right here, I look at it and I... Well, who have you got? Toss I, names I, I accept the reality of this situation and go, I don't think they'll get an option in a guy like Taff. He'll have better options and he's not a stopgap. But I also think it's a situation he won't put himself in. But when I look at this list, there's probably yeah, two... It's the only, you're assuming. I'm if assuming. It's the, if it's the only option he's got, then he'll have to consider But I'm, I'm going off that assumption. So it's an assumption, right? Two names that I sit there and look there who I think are competent to do a job, good human beings, and would help sort of the guys you've got in the room. I'd take Matt Frawley from Canberra. I think Matt Frawley's a good half. He's been solid. He's been around. And probably the other one is Adam Clune. Yeah. Because you don't have much there. But I know they're good people. Kurt Falls? Well, Falls has played two, three games compared to Clune and that. No, I know But I'm saying, I'd, so, just go, yeah. I'd go and grab Falls. I'd go and grab Flanagan. And I'd go and grab one more. Well, I'd go... Tough, I can get him. Dean Hawkins. I'd go and grab Dean Hawkins. Well, he's probably another better option. But my point is, if you're looking for solid transition type guys to help with the younger blokes... They're the sort of guys I'd get in, knowing that I could rely on them and what they do and what they bring every day. Yeah. And it's not winning comps right now, but it's the reality well, of the situation. Jack Cogger as well. I don't think Jack Cogger would be a bad... I think Cogger's going to get a similar deal, better options from what he's done at Penrith, and he's still young. Yeah. But those other two I'm are sort of... Won't. I'm just saying... Late 20s, good players, like, did a job. Clint did a job at Newcastle. He's still doing a job in cup playing well. For all he's done a job every time he comes in, good kicking game, solid guy, got his head on his shoulders. But they're probably good transition halves to not blow your cap and get locked into someone for a long time. Correct. And good human beings. And then lock the kids in that you think are going to be good. And that's what I was got sort of here. So like Josh Felidi, they picked up. He just got picked for that 19s team. So he's a center wing fullback type player. I don't know what position in particular they like him as. He's playing center, I think, at the moment. Guys off contract. Like we already know Dane Laurie's going to be gone. One of the Sakurus is off. Wakeham's off. They've told <clears throat> Bloor, Noffa, and Simpkin quite publicly that they can all leave early. Tukey Simpkins off, Safarth off, Staines is off. So I, th- I don't think many of those at all will be kept. It's the good. only one probably kept in their situation is if they like Wakeham and if he's willing to stay as well. But that's purely based on the situation they've created for themselves. Someone will definitely take Bloor. I think someone will still take Simpkin too with his age and where he's been, knowing the potential that he had and where he's been might be part of the situation he's in, and you can get him for a good price. Mm. Um is a different one as well at this point. Long-term deal, good money. Older winger. So they'd have to chip in for that. So I don't know that it's going to be an easy deal to move. But then you look at their kids, and that was sort of the point I'm making. Like, Matt is not ready to go right now. Tumafe gave a game to, spat him back out. Kit Lily is going to be one they try to get up over the time. The two Sakurus, Solo, Api, I don't know what they're thinking about them. One's off contract. I thought Katoga was a good future prospect. They offloaded him to the Dogs. So he's over there. He's been playing well in Cup. Jordan Miller, they signed. Heath Mason's out on the fullback. Like, they're the sort of ones I look at and go, you don't want to elevate them too quickly. I get getting them to flag early from SG ball and then maybe getting them some cup football, but you want to transition them appropriately unless someone's like you, just you want to, you want to get out of the park. You want to get them to cup. Yeah. They give me a year. But transition cup. them properly, not, oh, yeah, all right, they're playing well enough there. We need to get them in right now because you can ruin this next generation pretty quickly if you do do that. Depends who they're playing with. So, and that's why we talk about these sort of guys where they might have to eat another year or two like we're talking about. Others would argue at the top, well, we got Bateman, we got Clemmer, we got Papaletti, we got Arpi. Like, okay, you did get some okay top-end guys, but you're, still your roster as a whole is very lopsided and has a lot of holes in it still. 
Yeah. And it's not going to be fixed just from those few purchases. They're good purchases. But you need the kids to sort of fill in that. And for now, you probably need some transition players and a lot of other positions, same deal, to either teach, mentor, or just play good solid first grade for a time being. But particularly now that halves gap, knowing that Dewey is the only one on contract. That is big. So, all right. I think that's ran over there for some of the guys they've got coming through. Um, and tackle five, the other one is the Bulldogs. And said it last week and the week before sort of the year, like the noise is all starting to grow about it. They're frustrated and probably rightfully so. They haven't played finals since, I think, 2016. Des obviously had a lot of control and didn't leave it in the greatest situation. He's still getting the blame now. I don't think that's totally fair. I think the sort of previous adages before this one probably had to deal with the Des thing. Dean Pay's the one I feel sorry for most out of everything. Well, you know, I said that at the time when Barrett got that job. He was basically told what it was, how it was. You're not going to be able to spend any money, this, that, and the other. But they had a dig. They had a dig the whole time he was there. And the only pieces he got were bit and piece players or guys they got a good deal on. But they played and they played hard for him. And he didn't get a chance to have a crack with the salary cap. Barrett gets a second crack, comes in, wins a handful of games. Flanagan ditches him after a handful of games. Pays Kotrick and Mint. He wants to leave. Like most of the deals he did, they basically tried to ditch within 12, 18 months. And then they're saying it's a salary cap issue again now. I'm like, well, you went out and bought Kikau, Burton, Reed Marnie. You got Crichton coming next year. You paid something good money. Like, you spent up a bit of money, so I don't think your salary cap's too bad. And then you throw out a point of development, yet Jake Avarillo, who's your product, is going. Alamotti, who's one of your products, looks like he's going. The only few that you do have developed in your side right now who still have plenty of years ahead look like the ones you're letting go. Yeah. So I'm finding it hard to buy into everything that's been said, and I know it's a little bit of the left-hand look at the right-hand. I get some of it, but yeah, also to go back as far as the Des thing now, I think it's a bit rich. That's like people still blaming Ivan for what's going on with the Tigers right now. We're a fair way past that. Yeah. I, again, similarly to what we've spoken about with <clears throat> the West Tigers, it's like they're going really well in New South Wales Cup. They're going really well in Jersey Flag. And there's no doubt that they've got some talent there that are going to be able to transition into the NRL. But it's mm. about how do you... A, be patient with and progress them while also get results which appease, not that you're trying to appease fans, but give fans the impression that there is something there. Yeah. There are green shoots. And I think that's a position that the Bulldogs find themselves in now. And for a long time, they haven't been able to go out and recruit. Like this last off-season, for, you know, for what you want to, people want to say about Gus, like they don't get Burton, they don't get Kickout, they don't get Reed Money if he's not there. So I think a lot of a lot of the recruitment moves that they've made, whether you agree with them or not, they're made because people go, okay, well, I've seen what uh, Phil Gould did at Penrith, and I feel as I, I want to be part of that at the Bulldogs. The other reason is you get someone in with a reputation like Cameron Serraldo. I know he's a rookie NRL coach. He coached two years at under-20s. This is a completely different beast. I think, you know, and he said it in his press conference after the game on the weekend, like, it is a little bit bigger, well, a bigger job than what he anticipated, and but what what I think was missed in what he said was that a lot of a lot of what needs to be fixed is an X's and O's. It's about preparation. It's about habit. It's about the fact that that club has lost for a long time, and they've got losing habits. So I feel as though that can be turned around pretty quickly. So yeah, without really knowing too much, like. 
even when we were affiliated with them the last two years, it, we didn't really spend a lot of time over there, uh, particularly last year because they put in their own New South Wales Cup. But in that initial year, I guess it was COVID as well. So they're in a bubble and they're in Queensland. So we didn't really get, or personally, I didn't really get a feel of the fabric of the Bulldogs and what they're about and how they recruit and what their philosophy is and where they're going and what the direction is. So, yeah, I feel like they're just in a, in a little bit of a holding pattern at the moment. I, definitely, there's absolutely no doubt that they're trying to flip players. And like I spoke about before with the West Tigers, probably going through their list thinking player A or player one on our list, what sort of money is he on? Is there a player out there that we can get that we've got access to that's better than him and we can get him for similar, less, slightly more money to improve our roster? I feel like that's probably where they're at at the moment. They'd also be they'd, they'd be spreadsheeting, no doubt in my mind, in terms of you know, this is what our future team will look like. These are the guys that are in our top 30 at the moment who are going to be there, we think, in two, three, four, five years. And then it's about the transition of the guys that are currently in your top 30 to either out of the team, sorry, out of the club, and who's coming in behind them. And that's where Phil Gould is going to play a pivotal role, I believe, in not only having players, been able to attract players, but also understanding, you know, the right way to do it, how to manage the cap. So he, there's no doubt he's jumped on a few grenades for Cameron Serato the last few days after that result on the weekend. But, but, you know, we wouldn't be talking about him unless they got beat 66-0. I don't know whether there was a lack of effort. Um, but the worst defensive side in the competition, they've copped a couple of lappings now. That's why people are starting to talk. And I, I, no, and that's my point, right? I feel that's why we're talking. People's frustration, though, is they have signed a little bit over the last couple of years. And they do have a couple of names, but he's bringing up injuries and age and all these other things, and we've used the most players. Yeah, well. I know that, but I think you're getting distracted you by know? that, and that's what they want. They're throwing off. Like, look at look at the issues for what they are. Like, what again, what is the reason that they are struggling to win games? And you can cut it and chop it and chew it and spit it out any way you want. It's because they don't have the playing talent. Well, I'd well, argue they've got a time. better roster than a couple of teams that are around. They've got there. a better roster than 66 nil. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But I do think but there's also, that in the preseason, the expectations for the Bulldogs were too high based on the top 30 oh, in the We didn't have them in. Some people had them in the eight. I think that was insane. But, but don't you feel as though if you've got loft, then, you know, and then you deliver a performance like that, people start to go, well, okay. But even like Sutton. So, Sutton, so I think a lot of it is about false predictions as well. I think people had false expectations of what the Bulldogs were going to be able to achieve this year. That That's my opinion. I feel like that's where a lot of the questions have come from. That like that result on the weekend surprised me, yes. But that's the first time this year that I've stopped and thought, shit, like the Bulldogs got beat 66-0. Mm. Well, the Sharks got Other than that, the Eels that basically everything too. that they've done, I thought, oh, yeah, okay. They've had some really good performances. They've had some poor performances. They've got guys learning in first grade. And I've spoken about this on the show every year about a different club who have got guys in there, a lot of young guys in there who are learning in first grade. It's not easy. And, you know, even the difference between New South Wales Cup and the NRL is, is significant. The Bulldogs have led the New South Wales Cup all this season. They made the grand final last season. So, you know, if... 
form and performance in New South Wales Cup was a direct correlation to NRL performance, that you're like you're wrong. So it's it's about not only performing in the lower grades and having that development feed, but it's also having players go to the elite level and be able to perform at the elite level. And it, just because you're going well in New South Wales Cup and, and flag doesn't mean that that's going to correlate to the NRL. There's a there's a gap that which needs to be filled. And, you know, I think the rule that we had at Penrith in those early days was to not only get these boys into first grade, but get them to 50 games. That was the rule. You know, 50, 50 games, you're going to, you're going to learn about you know, whether a player is a first grader or not. 50 games is two seasons. So there's a lot of boys there that are a part of that Bulldogs future who haven't played one first grade game. So, I, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Phil Gould had to say, just in terms of there probably is going to be a little bit more pain. And I think Cameron Serrato is the, is the right person for the job. What, what I think Cameron Serrato is learning at the moment is how to deal with losing because he hasn't had to deal with losing. He made two grand finals as um, a New South Wales, uh, an NYC coach. And then essentially he's gone into first grade and they've contested for titles or won grand finals. So this is the, the part of it that I think that he's learning as a coach. He went through it as a player. He was at the, he was at Penrith when they struggled in those initial days, which is why Phil Gould's got so much respect for him because he was one of those guys that they brought in for personality, for culture, for work, for work ethic. But he's now learning how to deal with it as a leader and as a coach, and I think they'll, yeah, he'll be, he'll be learning a lot this year, no doubt mm. about that. But I, I think he's the right man for the job. And again, I haven't got questions. Fleece, the job. Yeah, but no, I mean, there's been a lot of questions the last few days about I mean, my questions. Everything more, that's happening more around playoffs. a lot of the recruitment, to be honest, because to spruik that you know salary cap restrictions is that the other well they've had well I think Toby Sexton is a good signing they've made a fair few moves still in the last couple of years since the Barrett time and I know he wasn't there for all the Barrett time but he executed the move last year and he's had you know a little bit of time to make some moves made some signings the Thompson deal is one that was made prior to him that certainly to me needs so to who are we talking about specifically then let's get specific what are, what are we talking about Cole Funningham wasn't his Luke Thompson wasn't his was Pungai not his either. I'm not sure. Like Sutton this year hasn't worked out. They've had him down in cup. You know, the Flanagan thing, the way they've handled that. Then you're looking at some of the fringe ones. I think like someone like a Reynolds. Well, it was pretty clear that when he got in, he identified that Kyle Flanagan was on too much money and tried to move that contract. Mm. Simple as that. Corey Allen was another one. Too much money. Not like you, we're paying overs for this player. What this player is actually mm. going to give us and on the field doesn't correlate with the wage he's getting. That's just simple economics. So I... Oluwapu paying half a million, and now you're bringing Sexton into another spot where you've got Bert. Like, that one confuses me. I know they Why? mentioned a little bit. What would bit. you do there? Upgrade all... They can't upgrade Oluwapu. I'm not saying they? upgrade him. They've already paid a mint for him, and they've got him on years. Now you've bought Toby Sexton. So yeah, you've you need two deviated. halves. You need three halves. You need four halves. So is he a lock now? Like, they were talking about that. Like, But who's talking about that? Not the They've club. talked about it. Yeah, He's I... mentioned it himself, that he thinks he's a lock. I haven't heard But that. then they bought Who him half. Feel good. They said Oluwapu is going to be a lock. Potentially, they look at him as a lock in the future. Doubt it. I doubt it. They got Crichton coming in on big bickies. Yeah, they reckon they got two million left to spend, and they don't. They want to spend it wisely. I'm like, well, there's not a whole lot on the market right now, so I don't think anyone expects you to go yeah, again right now. Pull so a big fish. There's no doubt that they're going to be saving a little bit to have a crack at Ben Hunt if he he can get off. Yeah, don't think Ben Hunt's going there. I know that, but they're certainly going to have a crack. 
Uh, the other one, I guess, probably would be like you've got Sherry coming in next year, which has got plenty of years. He was being young, but that's a risk in itself to give up Avarello and Alamotti for someone who hasn't played footy in a long time. Mm. There's no, we've yeah, seen a lot of guys miss football and come back. Avarello and Alamotti. Like, I mean, it depends on money, doesn't it? What's the money that they're asking for? Don't know. You've got Crichton coming in. Well, Crichton certainly would cost probably what they're going to pay both of them, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's He wasn't taking right? jump change. So, so but you're also saying you don't want to get your cap out of whack. Well, I'm like, well, you've spent a fair bit of wedge on Burton. Yeah, yeah. Kick you know, you know that Crichton, you like, know that Crichton's going to be in your team when you're winning, right? So that's one tile fixed. You know, you might have to move two of the others on and get someone else in. But similar deal. I think there's some good... But again, like, if you can move Flanagan's wage and get Sexton in... That'll free up the money, you know, and then you're going to move those other two on, Avarillo and um, Alamotti. Then you go and grab, like, it's it's just robbing Peter to pay Paul on the cap, right? So they probably can go and then buy another centre. Of what they've got. They've got two mil on the, on the cap. I'd love to know what, what the question I wanted answered, the question I feel as though they missed last night when he said we've got two million left on the cap. The, the, my follow-up question would have been for how many spots? Because mm. they've got, I think, about nine off and majority of them I don't think they'll be keeping. Because so, to say I've got $2 million, that, Ockenbaugh, that's a number. Transitioning, Sam Hughes, Flanagan will definitely be gone, Burns, mm. Declan Casey, Josh Reynolds, Corey Waddell, Luke Thompson. Like I look at probably the majority of them and go, they'll be lucky to keep one or two of them. Right, yeah. So, so you've probably got seven spots or so left. But is, is that taken into account in that two mil? Do so then seven spots averaged out over how much? What have you got to spend? Because I'm looking here... Even again, when we talk about transitional guys and some spots, and I think there is some value to be had there. Yeah, uh, there always they, is. They talked again about going for Frizzell, which goes back to my same point. You got no money, but you're going heavy on a rep player who's probably a bit older and not part of a long term yeah, plan. Yeah, but they're probably like, thinking, well, can we really get him? Can we get him on a decent wage? Because well, he's well, going to help us. The but he's going to help us develop players. But I think it's this, not about. He's not. It's not about. Is Tyson Frizzell going to be in the team when we win the grand final? Because he's not. No, I know that. But they're not winning a grand final in the next two or three years. But you are building a team and you are developing players who you hope that can go on and win a grand final in five, six, seven, eight years. So that that's the recruitment strategy at the moment. I think people just think they're just going to go and buy buy a team. You can't go no, and buy a team. Go buy a team. But so what's but, your philosophy then? That you need to work out a philosophy. Think you can, and that's his philosophy at the moment. Is is it's about building building a top end which is going to develop my bottom end. That's what I see from the outside looking in. I could be completely wrong. Well, I still think there's some value to be And that's had. the void at the West Tigers. Tell me who their leader is. Happy Coruscant? Okay. Who's who's the next one? Well, they bought Bateman, I'm assuming, for some of that. I don't know if he's a guy I'd buy to be my leader. He's there a good you go. Have, so, but... Okay, yeah. But he's a good player in a team that's not going to play finals, and you know that. Yeah, I know that. So to me, that, that recruitment strategy is more incorrect than what the Bulldogs are doing at the moment. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> but I still think there's some value out there. It's the point. For $2 million, we're not trying to spend money. Rah, rah, yeah, but for $2 million for I how many players? I think there's a little bit you could still do. And then bring a few kids in and do exactly what you just said. Get a couple of guys that you're going to work with. Get some guys that are going to be there for a couple of years. And you've got your top end. At the moment, I think it's a little bit too skewed one way. Come out saying they've got no money. You've spent pretty heavy on a few heavy hitters. And then you go, oh, well, you know, we've got... You said they've got no money. You said they've got $2 million. 
you've completely misheard me, but just about who they've got. And we've got injuries. It's like, well, who are we missing on the weekend? They miss Kickout and they miss Thompson. But then other weeks, it's like, oh, we miss Patolo. We miss Sam Hughes. It's like, they're guys that have barely played first grade. Where, yeah. I, like, I don't even know where this stuff's been said because I don't listen to it. I'm just, yeah, looking a little bit of it at the moment. Going, talking about, right. yeah, I'm, I'm talking about roster construction and what the philosophy is moving forward. And not all the shit that goes on in, on the day-to-day talk shows and on I'm not talking about talk shows. I'm talking just in general. And also, similarly on them for West, if you, you're banking on your future, like the Mats team won there, but it's a long time to see that through. It's not just going to be constructed yeah, so what do you do? of four or five topping guys so and then do? bringing Rams and waiting you know, three or four years to see you have to. a That's handful what you have of them to do. come through. That's what you have They're to no do. guarantee. That's what you have to do. You also still need to but go what, out and try what and find with value and good team, first grade. You need to have that happening with your SG ball team mm. and your next Harold Matthews team and having that flow come through. Mm. But you also don't stop trying to get good first graders or find value as no well. Shit. You don't just keep getting stopped. No, that's that's what I just said. Your top end, you go and get your top end to develop your bottom end. The West Tigers have not done that. That's what I just said. Tell me who their leader is. The Bulldogs, you could go through and go, okay, I, I see what you're trying to do in terms of who you're trying to recruit at the top end. Stephen Crichton, whether, whether people like it or not, whether people think he's overpaid or not, he's played State of Origin. He's won two grand finals. He's played in three grand finals. Burton's the same. He's won a comp. He's played Origin. Like They're guys that have been through systems where they've been developed and they know what that looks like. And they're obviously good humans. So, anyway, yeah. Well, I just think that a lot, of, a lot of the talk is a distraction and people are getting distracted by what's being said when you should just look at the look at the cold, hard facts. Who's on contract now? Who's on contract next year? And money, when people talk about money, no one knows money because the money, the money isn't public knowledge. It's people assuming they know what, what money players are on. And it's, it's talk. That's exactly what it is. Well, you're saying there's more time for pain, I guess, just for fans. There definitely is more time for pain. When it's going to turn. That's the real question, I guess, at this point. But the real question, so that's what I'm pointing to. Look at the roster and tell me that that roster is overachieving or underachieving. Underachieving. Or they're achieving about where they should should be achieving. Underachieving. Okay. By how much? You said they weren't going to make the eight. Where are they sitting on the table? But to be sort of sitting there at the moment, I think they're only above Tigers... And Dragons. Thought they would have been a little bit higher. How many wins have they got? Five. Five wins. How many games did they win last year? Titans have got seven wins. I don't know. I don't... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Last year's irrelevant. <clears throat> we'll see how they... Well, and last year they finished strong as well. Like when the games didn't matter, yeah, the better they got. Oh, well, let's move on. I think for them, there'll be some more debuts. They'd probably have to work through a few more people because, again, with what's going, they brought Kay Ward down from the Broncos. He's probably getting more time. I think Wilson's playing again this week. Still haven't seen Skelton. They brought him over from the Sevens. They're the sort of people, I think, in the situation. Yeah, but again, 
they need to be in there and be in there consistently, and it's going to take fifty games. That's like, mm, but if you don't give them a chance what, at all, like, what are you doing? The so rule that he was, you're not playing at all. Well, you're already in a fucking hole. But are so they in the top thirty? Turn over some stones and have a look at. Some are they things. accessible? I think they to are play. Now. That's the issue you've got as well. When you've got a lot of guys there in your right. top 30 that you think, well, he's not a top 30 player, he's not going to be in next year. When you're looking at Ockenbaugh, Waddell and these sort of guys there, if they're not there, well, you've got other guys you haven't even tried out yet. Like, yeah, turn yeah, some I, stones up. I can see. Do yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So let's move on from the Bulldogs. Uh, tackle six, finish this off, is the power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better. Go in and see Jake and the crew there, 130A. Bat Street, and remember, if you're looking for someone to help you, your family, and your back pocket, there is no one better than the Penrith Solar Center, 1800 2029 or au today. Number one, I've still got the Penny Panthers. What about yep, yourself? Me too. Who have you got at number two? Storm. Uh, I've got the they Broncos. They actually went up in my calculations on the weekend. Well, the they, Broncos... They dropped a few pegs in my The Broncos book. were just as bad on the weekend. I know they won, but they were horrible. Mm. So Melbourne. Oh, sorry, I've written that wrong. I had South bump back up to two after the win. Yeah, no, not me. I've but. got uh, I've got Melbourne. I thought particularly what they did for the first thirty minutes was really really good, and they'll just keep building and getting better. I hope so. Uh, I've got Broncos at three. Yeah, I've got South at three. Mm. I've got Melbourne at four. Um, yeah, good Bronx start. Four. They really really fell low. Who you got at five? Uh Sharks. Sharks, okay. Well, I kept the Warriors there. I know it was disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I, I still think there's improvement there. There's a the bit Sharks more going. The Sharks, no doubt, can score points. They're Sharks got two fantastic. easy kills, in my opinion. I'm still... They, I'm waiting for defense, them to play somebody again. Their defense needs to be fixed. Uh, who you got at six? Uh, the Warriors. I've got the Raiders. That's their seventh win by six or less, or two by seven. They're negative four and against, but they just keep finding a way to win. Yeah, I've got them at seven. So, for that, I've left them there. The Eels had the buy, so I left them at seven. Yeah, I've got them at eight. And at eight, I've got the Cowboys. That's four in a row, and that's 74. Certainly helps the four and against. It does. And I know it seems odd to people that don't have the Sharks in it at all, but the losses they had against all those teams above them, and they've had an easy kill against the Dogs, an easy kill against the Dragons. They've got an easy kill here against the Tigers. I'm um, basically just got them sitting there with all the extra buys they've got that have pushed them up the ladder as well until they have to play a Warriors or a K- I haven't looked at their draw, but until they kind of get back into that mix of things right now, I'm still struggling to look at the Sharks and think they're a threat. Um, I'd like to buy under a little bit more. I thought I would have seen a little bit more improvement this year, but I, yeah, I'm not so sure. Um, and I really do like Flanagan. I like a lot of what they're doing, but even the, like the Moylan thing the other night, I think it's masked by their opponents. I think that Trindle move could be a positive move, but don't think they're going to go there. But Tigers next. Then they've got the Warriors, so there's something to look at. Manly, then they've got Penrith South, so we're going to find out probably in the next month where the Sharks are really at and then be able to make a real judgment on if they're improving or if they're going to consistently keep losing to all these teams that are ahead of them, in which case then they're going to be a non-factor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know people think it's odd off a 50-point thing to have on the outside, but even with the, the Cowboys coming up the rear there, the way they're going, they're knocking off those teams. Tigers obviously not included, yeah. but to scalp South Panthers that, and again, you saying their origin play, they had no origin players, neither the Cowboys, and they have just as many as Penrith did, but they found a way to win that game. They bashed Melbourne, they beat South. What else can you say? It's progress. So there you go. Thank you to the Penrith Solar Center. Let's jump in and review these games from the week. 
Speaking of that one for the Sharkies, um, I guess for the Dragons, similar deal again. Early 10, 15 minutes during the scramble, a couple of tries and some positives, but they have the worst left side, de- or their left side, their attacking side's right side, defense in the competition, and that was showed. They leak like a sieve down that edge. Mm. Nico comes off just a simple sweet line, untouched. Nikora basically went in untouched, non-competition for the crossfield bomb. Hazel turns a simple crash over from a man, not tying in and one jumping out. Like, to go into the half the way they did, second half, that little bit of positivity. Sloan gives you those little moments of magic again, but then it was just a bloodbath, and then they minced him down the left-hand edge. Um, but plain and simple, when you get rolled to the middle and then you just shift and punch holes in as easily as what they did, and it's hard to take much out of that one. Other than, like I said, they're looking for the finish line. Yeah, And there's going to be noise on them for the rest of the year. For the Sharks, it's a win. Tick, it's good for and against. Tick, but again, it's not against the quality opposition. So I find it hard to take much out of it. And I think, again, it masks some of those problems. So, yep. waiting sort of um, for that. But, yeah, you can only beat what's in front of you. Nico was really, really good. Nakora, I'd say at this point in time, is one of the best back rows, if not close to the premier back row of this season. Yeah, he's playing. He's been good. fantastic. Uh, Kennedy, similar deal. You talk about people moving up in the world or playing fullback. Like I still don't think he gets the credit he deserves. This year, he's obviously gone to another level, but he's a quality number one, a real quality number one. <laughs> Uh, you know, see if I consistent. I know Moyes had a good game, but it come to that point again, opposition where they're at. For the Dragons, it's hard to take too much out of it. Now, a lot of people in particular at the end see like Ben Hunt coming up and doing his borderline interpretive dance move for that try that cut through the space. Like they're all ordinary, let's be honest. I know Ben Hunt's a target of a lot of anger right now, but it's it's a pretty well rounded thing that no one's really playing that well. Yeah. You got Debella He's making an easy target, fifty plus and you get that sort of moment from Sloan, but there wasn't a lot of whole whole lot else to hang your hat on, unfortunately. So they're done. We move mm-hmm. on from that one. Their season's over. South Warriors. Now this impressed me, even though I didn't agree with everything that happened in the game. But twenty-eight-six going over there with a few troops down. Um, you know, obviously we know Latrell's been missing, but Task Campbell, Graham late, reconstruct your whole back line in that sort of weather. I, I thought they actually probably would have suited the Warriors. I know they've been playing a bit of footy, but they're still a very physical and powerful side and able to narrow things. But uh, early with all that possession, the penalty count thought probably needed to bank a little bit more. To only concede once, I thought, for South was a real positive. Yeah, it was. And then they sort of flipped it back on them. Um, Cody's pass, that left-hand side execution they got, <clears throat> even with the changes to their back line for that first try to AJ, was a hell of a response. But the real big moment, which I disagree with, Fanua Blake's bidding was crock shit to me. Because the three head highs out in prior, to say they were incidental, I think two were pretty similar. To go that that's direct and forceful, like he meant it like, Really? That's a sin bin. And for what we're now classifying, and this is the fucking thing that angers me when I talk about consistency again, same as hip drops on the weekend. Saw a couple of absolute shockers that aren't even put on charge. A few weeks ago, we were looking to pin absolutely anybody and everybody. And now we've, you know, oh, yeah, you can have a week. Like, they're actually going back. Dale Finucane, did you see that tackle that he got three weeks for? What did you think of that? I didn't see it. I think that's a crock of shit, too. I think his prize coming up more. They say he had no control because he had it on the legs and. Laurie sort of tilted back. His head late sort of bounced, but I look at that and go, that's the standard of a lifting tackle now. Oh, sorry, I did. I did. And his prize, like his prize for that to be a three week because of his third subsequent charge. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, that's fucking heavy. Yeah. But yeah, the Fenua Blake one for me after the multiple, it wasn't the volume of head eyes, but there was one or two that I looked at and go, well, direct and forceful. I'd, I'd say at least one of those was direct and forceful. Yeah. And that's a huge moment because from there, 
gives an opportunity. They pop them just right on half time with, again, I know they appealed for an obstruction in the lines and an awkward one there, but it's given. I had no problem with it, but 12-6 right on the half. But this one for me pretty much sums up Cody Walker and the masterclass. I still think he's been the best six this year, but in these sort of conditions, it's generally not the kind of game where I'd look at a Cody Walker to do what he did. His kicking was his, mature. Oh, his kicking was, was brilliant. Good. And even run execution twice on play five. One of the kicks was play five. The one where he got it under pressure, line speed, sort of looped back and then found AJ because he got the wing and center to sort of bite in when they thought he was coming. Yeah. Was a perler. A couple of repeat set ones going into touch. The grover back on the inside, perfectly weighted. But the touch on the pass is also on that way. Like that, that for me, there. Shows a lot of growth on that side of things for him. Big time. Um, Illis or sort of always does his job, but it looked like Cody really had a point to prove, and I'm sure troops down and where they were, Demetrio would have been, as we said, disappointed with 30-plus points five weeks and on the way they were playing, but they responded. They did. They really did respond. So from that side, I can't take it away from them. The ref side, whether I'm disappointed that sort of moment, but I think they got the Warriors frustrated, bogged down, and then when they felt they needed to chase points, they got put over the sideline a couple of times. They made errors, and that, that was due to the way that South played. They forced them 13 errors to three in those conditions. They completed at 92%. They completed at 69%. They applied that pressure to the Warriors and put them in that situation. Yeah. So for Demetrio, you'd be wrapped with that, with who you went over there with in those conditions. Um, but yeah, Cody was the real standout. No surprise, Murray was good. Salo, Keon, like a lot of their forwards. And, and for Munro, to watch him the week before in person... See how slight he was. I thought his physicality was good when they played you guys, but he certainly made a fistful again in tough conditions. It's probably not where you, you know, his style of football would suit. But took the opportunity he had, set yeah, he one did. up. He did. Um, yeah, I, I think for them that's a real marquee win, a real good win, big win. So uh, needed the, it as well for the Warriors. I don't think it's any surprise. Like I thought, Toe was pretty good as he always is. Barney being back and Fenel Blake, despite that moment. But other than that, yeah, lot, lots of errors the outside backs getting taken over the sideline. At, Sort of just once, like we said, the, the screws started to turn in those conditions, they probably tried to chase points a little bit and got themselves in trouble. Yeah. But I do not agree with that, Sinbin. Yeah, I so. do not agree. Uh, Storm Panthers, this one. I, I, I must admit I was a little bit excited, but I was also worried because I thought, how long can we keep this up for? Um, first 25 to 30, we just killed them for their yardage. Really made a focus on attacking the back three or back five as a whole in particular to make sure that they couldn't front load their energy, give those forwards a rest, put them back on side and do what they do if they come down and do that to you and just eat up territory, possession, the cycle and bash you and wear you down. You know, good kick pressures on the halves, got a try out of it, got stuck into the forwards, got loaded to drop a ball a few times. But the real question I literally thought was when do we make an error? When do we snap or can we maintain it? And after 30 minutes of Melbourne doing all those things really, really well, to cop the three tries at the back end the way they did just took all the air out of the balloon for me. And then I was worried because you could also feel them starting to roll in that last 10 minutes a little bit as well. Um, they couldn't keep Toto down. Togo, or Tungo, that's... that's He's had some really good games in first grade, but that's that's right up there. They were really good. Edwards as solid as he is, but they started to sort of get that ascendancy back and they just don't go away. Um, the Crichton one, you think it was a penalty try? Ah uh, no, but I, yeah, I, I sort of got it watching. I don't get evidence this now. I was going, yeah, good one, fuck with you, a Melbourne fan. But I was like, he, the hand in slow mo is on him, but I don't think he's like grabbed him. I think it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. The other way he goes to the bin probably. So yeah, but I looked at, it, I was like, yeah, okay. But the other one's just purely effort, like really good execution. The one, 
that Martin gets off the Lindsay Smith, that's just Penrith to a T. They play for 80. They are what Melbourne were over that decade where you used to say, if you're going to beat Melbourne in Melbourne, you've got to play for 80. That's Penrith now. Penrith, anywhere you play them, you've got to play for 80. Melbourne didn't play for 80. They didn't last the 80. Penrith did. They go championship rounds now, and that's why they're the benchmark. They've taken that mantle off Melbourne the last few years and ran with it since 2020. Um, but yeah, it was just sort of impressive to have someone apply that to him and probably bring up sort of a game plan to go, well, this is what you need to do to Penrith, but can you maintain it? It's very hard to maintain. And when they got control of their yardage again, started eating up Melbourne, second half, Melbourne got no possession, no territory, no field position, were completely dominated. They couldn't go anywhere. They were trapped. They were bashed, they were out-muscled, like Penrith's back five took over again. As soon as they get rolling and start breaking things down, the guys they've put in those positions, like we said, with the system they've built, Cogger did a good job again. Luai had a good game. Um, tell you what, I was concerned for Warbrick, the way he got hit. Yeah, he, got he looked like a cockroach. He got the Mortine the way yeah. he went down, like that shoulder from Targo. Yeah. And then, that yeah, the tries off the back of it. Like, yeah, look, I, I'm going to take nothing away from this game apart from nothing surprised me post sort of the 28th minute because mm. I expected that from Penrith and we've seen that from Penrith and that's just what they do. But what Melbourne produced for that first 28 made me really sit up and take notice and think, well, okay. They're obviously, they've got a blueprint and they're building on it and they're going to sharpen that sword right up until finals. And I so. I'm excited to see them play. I think they play Penrith out here, don't they, in early About August? four or five weeks, yeah. Yeah, I'll be Post-origin. interested to see what they do there because if people got short memories, last year Melbourne came out here to Penrith and won. Well, 14-0 or 16-0. I remember it because it was unfortunately the day we attended a funeral, but yeah, they, yeah. they turned up and um, had a red-hot crack, that's for sure. So I expect to I hope so. see Melbourne now just get better and better as we come into the finals, and I really like their roster. They've they've also had some guys come in and out. They've had It feels like they've had a pretty disjointed year, Melbourne, to this I think, point. I think their middle has sort of been really disjointed, and yeah, there's a little bit of disconnect in the spine, but my yeah, biggest thing is... Papenhausen out as well. We'll hopefully come back. Yeah, I'm not so confident about that one. They're still talking like he's just started sort of running and they probably will put him in cup to give him some games. Yeah, no, so, I know that. But if you can get the best version of him yeah, at the back end of the year. I'm just in the headspace of if you look at it and fishing. think, all right, we're probably a finals team, but can we really win a comp and risk, risk him after the work you've done the last 18 months? I wouldn't risk him. Unless you think you've got a legit chance. Yeah, you're rehabbing him so he comes back. Yeah, I know that. Ahead. But it is a risk. It's not, it's, well, I don't think it is. It's not a risk. It's not a standard injury for what he's had to go through. Yeah, so yeah. They'll make that decision. In so time. what are you going to do? Just fucking not play him? Not if I don't think he's for up the, to for it. The, or if, but if they get him that's to That's what rehab is. Where he's ready to play. So he's either ready to play or he's not. If so he gets, if he's ready to play and he's right to go, he'll be good for Melbourne. That's my point. Yeah, and like I said, I think even just from a headspace perspective, they're not just going to throw him straight in there. Oh, I reckon he's going to go that sunny coast or east. Yeah. That's only my opinion. Um, the only real other person that was missing from the weekend was Katoa, which obviously frees up someone in Nelson to go back to the middle, which similar deal again. I, I think that's an area this year they're still lacking. Tarek has got some more minutes in the starter getting involved in the rotation. Welch hasn't come quite back good as what you'd expect from that injury, which again, when you've had Achilles ACLs, it's eventually going to catch up with you. Um, Tui's been good when he's been on the field. He's also been in and out, and Nelson's been in and out. So that, that middle rotation, I think, is the biggest thing for Melbourne. When their best middle rotations there, I, I think, you know, Katara and Liara have been doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But it's a work in progress, the forward pack, that's for sure. Uh, on that, yeah, also completing at 
50 missed tackles, 13 errors. You start to get into that position where Penrith turned the screws back the other way. You've got no hope. They just put you in those positions and turn the screws. So, yeah, thought they're back five and uh, their team as a whole and their forwards started to really get... And their bench, I thought, did a really good job for them too. Len New, Lindsay Smith, those guys made an impact when they got on the field. Did a great job. Hopefully Sorensen's all right too. That was awkward. He was like down and then he got up. He's like falling over and then he was sort of hunched and slowly unfurling. They said he jarred his neck, so hopefully there's nothing more than that. Um, he's been really, really good for them as well. So, uh, tough one, but moving on. Raiders-Titans, what do you think of this one? 26-22. I've only just got to watch it today, and if the Fafita tries an O-try, I'm not fucking here. Like, Fogarty's yeah, turning... has got two dodgy calls. Well, he's turning to go for the ball, but he's sort of pulled up. Like, what, what's David Fafita supposed to do? Like, you're not allowed to compete for the ball. I didn't think he blatantly pushed him or completely decked him. He's running for the ball. No, that was a try. Like, Fogarty, don't pull up. Go hit the ball or cover the ball. Like, get to the ball. You can't just stop there and go, well, I was standing here. Yeah. So I well, thought you that was... because you reward it. I thought um, it was a shit call. It was a crap call. And I think Annesley today, from what I saw, was like, anyone who can't figure that way, obviously, I'm like, well, I think you've fucking got to get your eyes checked. Because yeah. if he's not allowed to compete for that, and he earned that try, in my opinion, from what he did, but... Um, the other one I watched, a lot of some people weren't happy with the Tomoko call and was that advantage played. I sort of think if you pick up a ball, run 10 metres and get an opportunity to score a try, you're advantage. Should have scored a try and they should have driven the loose ball. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. Like, you, you obviously think the advantage was played. You got a chance to score a try. Sure, that's your advantage. And they passed. Well, yeah. Some people argue the advantage wasn't played. I'm like, if you throw a ball, progress and go down the sideline on a score, I think that's your advantage. Yeah. Like, that's... I don't, I don't even think about that. I was just thinking, A, score the try, and then B, when you don't, clean up the mess. Exactly. You got, you got exactly what you deserve. But that argument was made. I was like, are we fucking serious right now? He had a, a try scoring opportunity. That's, That's a stupid argument. Advantage is played. But yeah. So what do, you, what, do you, what do they want? To go back and give the Titans the ball? Yeah, they basically yeah, said, That's a dead play. I'm like, mate, a pass and going for the corner to score a try. That's your advantage. Should have scored. Exactly. Uh, and then not clean it up. Rapa bounces off a couple. Tomoko goes 100. That really hurt. That's a culture try. Huge play. Like, Canberra will dive on a fucking crumb. The Titans wanted to stand there and hope that he scored, and then when he didn't, they wanted to move. Well, they certainly they got the gritty moving. Canberra. That wasn't part of their old DNA, but it's, it's come into their game. They've yeah, slowly transitioned from an attack game, team man. and, you know, um, to being a lot grittier. And it shows in the, I will fight you for a breadcrumb. Hmm, it's been shown in their results this year, that's for sure. But yeah. this, I thought, was a pretty good game. It was a decent back and forth. Um, probably thought Titans maybe should have banked a little bit more with some of the possession, but that, that late try... No try, sorry, hurt, but they certainly utilise what you think they would. Like, for Fida, the way he's playing, the level he's on this year is something else. And it's no longer just from the point of under-12s football where you give Dave the ball. Foreign's using Dave in the line, pre-line, early ball. He's got footwork. He's got power. Like, the, the second pass that he threw late in the game to Khan Pereira, in contact to throw that cutout pass. The flick pass in contact for the Khan Pereira kickback in for him to score. Like, he's just... All worldly right now. Yeah, he's playing good for you. Like he's yeah, he's something else. Tino, Mo, like all those guys are really, really good again. Brimson, sort of his partner, but yeah, I I don't think they sort of got themselves back into a good headspace after um, that no try on half and that they had an opportunity late there to sort of pull it back in after I guess Canberra got um, you know, that try with Hudson isolated Tano with that one on one on the line and then the penalty goal to make it. Sort of that 10-point gap, but Tino's feet on Gula and then the sort of opportunities 
Um, yeah, a lot of people are going back to that moment, but like you said, I think that the trial of Tomoko... In the last two plays, Tanner Boyd hits two leads. Mm, exactly, they had no plan for it. But that Tomoko one was a big thing for me. Look, like you said, a culture moment where you look at that and go, well, that hurts. Well, so was the last set. Mm. The fact that you just, you don't have a plan. Like, you've just scored a yeah. try. Surely you talk about what you're going to do in that next set and how, how much time you're going to have. Yeah. And it was just non-existent. Completely agree with you there. Um, yeah, like I said, I thought Fafita was really good. Tino, uh, I think Joel's been good since he's back in the rotation. Yeah. He's been plenty busy. Uh, for Canberra, Tarpany was huge. Hopper's really come on now that he's healthy and had a couple of years now doing pre-seasons and playing footy. They've locked him in for a few years. That's a good move. Good transition. Yeah. Uh, Hudson, Red, like it's been the same characters same all year. They've been gritty all year, like you said. Yeah. Doing their role. And again, to look at it and go, right, 10 wins, nine by less than 10 and have negative four and again. So I said, yeah, I found that. Oh, we looked at it. It's because of all the close wins and they find a way to win, but three big scores against them sort of blown it out that way. But the only thing that really matters at this point is just keep winning that four and against won't matter, yeah. which they've done. So, and also for this week, now you get Hudson given back to you. I know they lost Papa to injury, but he gets not selected for New South Wales. Red goes in. So a lot of that has sort of offset. And then Jack retiring this year was obviously a huge thing for them during this period. Yeah. So, all positives from that side of things for Canberra. For the Titans, that one hurts because we talked about the buyers and playing those games there. That's one where a team sort of in that log jam directly above you and with the games you have in hand, you win that one and you pull yourself into that mix in the next few weeks once you've played those few extra games. But now that sort of hurts. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, the other one, interesting, didn't bring something forward about Titans, the coaches' clause and the contracts of Tino and David Fafita. So, there's talk instantly again that the Raiders would be revisiting David Fafita. If that's a possibility. Yeah, okay. So that one is more a wait and see, but that instantly sort of come out in the wash that apparently they get a three-month window afterwards because of Holbrook that was placed in to re-evaluate their option. Tino's already got that option regardless because he has mutual options which need to be agreed on by both for the end of next year. So he's technically off contract as of November 1 again anyway, but signed up to 26. His words, though, say he wants to stay there. Yeah, but for Dave, I guess I don't know if he's attached to Holbrook or not, or if Canberra come back swinging again and he looks at what Canberra. I don't know, but it's interesting. That's for sure. I doubt something comes of it though. I think he'd be happy to stay there. Um, but yeah, it also. I, I, I don't feel as though the players are consulted on punting Holbrook. No, and that's probably the issue that's so, sort of come out of it. Why people brought this up, and a lot of people go, "Why would they have a thing for someone like a Holbrook?" I'm like, well, I don't think it was just because of Holbrook. I think it's because of the situation that the Titans club has been in the past, where maybe the players wanted that sort of flexibility if they do go another direction again, which they have. So that's not to take away from Holbrook. I'm sure they liked him, but I also think that might be them just giving themselves a little bit of an option if they do hit the eject button again, which they have done. So uh, that's more of a, a wait and see and watch what happens. We'll leave that one behind. Cowboys, Tigers, doesn't really need an explanation. Like we said, we talked about the club situation, but 74 zip. Um, sort of have that 10-minute window, then the floodgates just open. Sure did. I think the one thing I can say here, if you're a Tigers fan, the biggest swing in the history in terms of back-to-back results, 122-point swing. Hmm. And the minus 48 that went on to their for and against from the grand final party they had a few weeks ago at Leichhardt, uh, they made that up and then some. I think, what, they swing that back in their favour? So 48... 74, they got 26 back in the bank plus because of that. Yeah. And I think this period's just been good for them. And again, I know we had a lot of people message you in the end. I'm not saying 
they win the comp, but a reason why I like them to be in the finals or get back there, this sort of talent. And I think young guys, first year, big year, World Cup representation, all the things you sort of spoke of, lack of preseason, they started slow and they had injuries. But they've sort of come back, got healthy, and I think a lot of these guys probably found confidence also from the Queensland experience again. They start off with a handful, now they've got seven in camp, I think, this week, five that are playing. But all those guys are getting back to exactly what we saw last year and playing that football. Drinkwater's playing his best footy. Holmes, Torlagi, Nenai, who had a rough start. Neem, who had a big end to the back here. They find Kula Kefe, like Kula Kefe, the back, another back row. Just keep finding him. Lucci, Chad was playing poor. He's playing well. Robson's playing well. Like, they even got Valamay to a situation when they dropped Felt. I, like, that even surprises me. Yeah. You're in a good position when you drop a Kyle Felt. Well, yeah, 100%. Like, he's not a stock standard first grader. He's a bloody good first grader. But this game, like, yeah, I'm not going to go through and break it down this, that, The one thing I will say compared to probably the dogs sort of side of things, I thought the Cowboys come up with some ripper tries. There was a few there where there was some circus offloads, some really good catch pass skill, backup support play, like just some really good general football. A lot of the Knights ones are like straight punch inside shoulder or just like a clean miss. There's a few times here I'm thinking, well, that should have probably broken down, but their skill got that try across the line. So on that side of things, 74 nil is generally not that entertaining, but they put some really nice tries on. And I breaking news, I'll say it again. I fucking love Tom Dean. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Persist with your halves. That's what that's the key. Tom Dean. Uh, and I could run through a bunch of numbers that make this more embarrassing, but I'm not going to. But I go back to what we said before. Buller to Silver, a few of these guys. Buller's probably, you know, because he's a bit older, um, playing in that fled thing up to 21s. I think he might be already be 20. But in terms of the silver, I'll talk about Galvin, like that kind of guys this week. I think it's the same deal. If you're going to dump them in, you've got to dump them back out and get them actually playing some men's football, but not learning in this environment the way things are right now. Don't burn those guys. So, yeah. uh, moving on from that one. Broncos, Dolphins. A few weeks rough, but we thought they'd be up for it because it's weighing against the Broncos, and they certainly were. Uh, I, th- I think, I wouldn't say Brisbane were lucky to get away with it, but I think it was more... Individual brilliance more so than their team. They've got them over the line here. Well, yeah. Yeah, what do you want me to say? Something about the game. <laughs> yeah. Go, you give me a summation. Well, my summation is they certainly look different without Reese Walsh. I thought Sale had some nice moments, but you can definitely see a difference in their attack without yeah, Walsh there. I thought it was a low game. Low game. I don't know. People were wrapping the Titans' defense last week, and yeah, like I could, I could see an improvement. Like you're always going to get a little bit of an improvement post um, a coach sacking, but and then watching it, I, yeah, I just, geez, I, I would have been really frustrated if I was Kevin Walters, probably for up until Selwyn Cobo scored that try, Mate, which ready. he did it on his own. He looked ready to press a jack out that box. He was angry. Well, I think it was about to be time. Cyclone so. Kev was going to hit for a second week in a row. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't find it much of a spectacle at all. Nah, I, I think the tries... And I'm talking about the game. I'm not bagging either side. I thought, yeah, I don't know whether that's at the standard that Brisbane have been playing at for the initial part of the season. So, look, Origin's certainly having an impact for them. It'll sort of be trying to freshen them up, give those boys a rest, and then having that clean run into the finals, I think it would be the biggest way forward for the Bronx. That's why I look at a thing like Haas this week and go, okay, that probably makes sense, the load he's had to carry so far. Yeah. Like, 
ankle, hammy, whatever the fuck it is, it's real or it's not real or it's only minor, like rather than send him into camp, I, I'm happy for him to have a week off. And they've got buys coming. They didn't have any of their buys up until last week. Mm. So I think this is their second buy, maybe, and then they got another one still to come. So it's a good time of year for them. Yeah. But I think for what's been happening, they needed that win. I don't know if, like I said, Cyclone Kev could have copped another loss this week. Two Wayne in the circumstance off the back of the Titans one. That could have been a hell of a press conference. Yeah. But, yeah, individual brilliance. Even on the other side, I think it's still a learning experience for the Dolphins. But they're one I look at and make that sort of example. You look at the time that they've had and development and roster construction and where they are, they're punching well overs. Like Val Tavare, you, you take the good with the bad. He's learned how to play footy and learned how to play first grade. You see positives when he's got the ball and he's a little bar fridge and he carries four blokes over the line, but you also see simple misses where he's tucked too tight to his half or he has a one-on-one and he's sort of got his hips turned out and Herbie just drags him in like he gets done a couple of times. That's where they're at and what they're learning. But I think, like I said, they've batted well overs. And even now with the injuries and the depth they've got right now, they're batting well overs. And they did again the other night. Yeah. Probably the only criticism I have, I didn't mind the move to get Hammer out to center to be able to get him ball, to get Nick Arimer and boost up your spine and just have your best players in the best positions to maximize what you're working with. But I don't think they went to Hammer enough. The few times they did go there, they got Staggs and Reynolds worried. Yeah. Staggs was, you know, getting the heebie-jeebies a couple of times coming out. Nick Arimer's try comes off the back of the threat of Hammer where when he goes there, he turns out straight away and just leaves Reynolds and Nick Arimer just skirts around the outside of him. But I didn't mind that construction at all. But on the flip side, you saw Cobbo do the same thing to Tessie New. Just put the wheels on him a few times and just said, you've got no hope. Um, but the chip and chase, yeah, was something else. Shit play, play five, breaking down, they're under pressure. Cobbo just wheels around, dinks one over the top, picks it up, and as casual as you like, scores. And you probably come up with the best version. Of it. Was I watching it with you or did you text me? He said he's basically like that Latrell version from Queensland, like 20, 21. He's Queensland. 20 years he's old. He's the new Latrell. Just like that he just raw, looks like Latrell powerful, natural. When he came into great. Mm, has those Freak. moments where you just go, fuck, look, really? What he did, that try was... Yeah, it's a hell of a moment. Ridiculous. Um, and then the last one, they give him an inch of space, couple of bodies there. He's got the sp- speed, size, and physicality just to plow his way in. Mm. So they finished the job. But yeah, I, I thought it was more individual play. Um, some of the stuff they scored off was just simple, quick play of the balls, quick shifting, give them quality ball to a couple of OBs. Like the Herbie tries are simple. Val has a couple of moments there, like I said, where you learn a defender's a first grader. Yeah, exactly. Cobos are just freak moments. The first out ball was a really nice ball. They caught them in and just sort of skirted them nice, but his other two are him individually. But I think for what the Dolphins are missing and then losing Marshall King and having to adjust on the fly during the game, they were up to that one, to their eyeballs. But for Kev, like I said, it's just probably more important to get that win and get across the line. So, they'll take the good with the bad there. For the Dolphins, um, yeah, they get one or two back this week. Hammer goes into camp. Wayne's basically said that, you know, for Marshall King, he's going to have to manage that issue for the rest of the year. Maybe he doesn't play for the rest of this year. I think where they're at and what he's done and what they've achieved, you're better off not playing him. Don't don't hurt him any further. Yeah. If that's where you're at and it could turn into something more, just shit can He's been awesome. You've extended him. You know what he is. You've got your long-term nine. You've got a good pair of halves where Katoa's been developed by a solid veteran in O'Sullivan. Well, he may not be a veteran by games, presence, but clubs, coaches, where he's been. So I think you got a good base there. And you know him as your fullback. And Nick is a good replacement in all those spots. So that and probably what they've got in their back five, bringing in over a low. Herbie, rolling a couple of days out, the form of Azarko, I think one to seven and you're nine right now. You're pretty good. Get Gill back, bring Flegler in. They find a couple more middles. It's, it's a great side. It's starting to build nicely. And we know the Dolphins as a cup system or a setup is powerful and got players coming through. 
Yeah. So they get that humming along within a couple of years. It's going to be self-sustainable and they've recruited well in their second year. But yeah, I, I don't think they're done either. I think they'll have some probably moves when we talk about when you look at, you know, a couple of guys that are still on the market, probably in that forward sort of space to upgrade. But yeah, like just simple sub outs. Having like a Branko Lee, they're talking about him going to the Super League already. And you bring in Abra or you know you got Herbie coming or you're growing like a guy like Tavaro. Give Tessie one more year because he's a solid first grader. Get Azarke back to his best football where he's probably up to New Zealand standard again. Like they, They've done things really well. They didn't panic. They didn't overspend. They got the right people. Yeah. Um, and they've made some smart moves off it. So mm-hmm. moving on. Uh, second last one. Newcastle Dogs again. 66-0. What do you really want to say? I guess the best thing here for well, Adam O'Brien is he talked about hunting season. We spoke about it. He come out hunting and got 66 of the best. team did. But, yeah, it happened all a bit too simple. They had Raja up there. He got picked a few times. It was way too simple. They hooked him. They changed the construction of the edges. They still got pulled apart. It, was, it wasn't great. Mm. So, uh, that buys a little bit of reprieve for them for a week. But we see how that one plays out in the long term. The last one, one that we got to see. I actually thought this was a good game of football. Roosters Manly, 18-16. For Manly and them, big game like we talked about. They got a couple of guys back in, which obviously helped on the Rooster side of things. I think that was one of their better performances considering the amount of troops they were missing. Yeah. But unfortunately, and they just couldn't get it done. Manly. No. Coming up with that late try. Big play, but yeah. I I, felt like the Roosters controlled the game. Well, that was sort of the thing. They they had 57% of possession. They had... The one thing that got me alive because I sort of thought they were rolling well or doing better. I mean, they only averaged 36 metres a set. Roosters averaged 51. That's a lot. It felt like... like so it, that was a, It really felt like it was their game to take. I felt like Daly Cherry Evans should have got all the Daly M points for this game. He was great. That intercept, when what you pointed out when we were sitting there, like, looks at the play before, sees the way he's communicating, Curie's eyes are out, never looks up, just looking for a simple shift play to try and get easy metres. Yeah, and but and it's also just, hours and hours of video. Oh, yeah. But he's just, just going, what are they doing in this situation? And then seeing it unfold in front of him, going, well, you know what? I'm going. Worst case scenario here, I'm going to land on this pass and probably force an error. Yeah. Or I knock it on. But I know what's coming. Yeah, well, I don't think he was ever going to knock it. Oh, yeah, okay. Going for the intercept. I think he just got there earlier than he thought. Man on ball or he adjusts his pass, but he never saw him because he timed perfection. He knew it was coming. Craziness. And and the other one we spoke about, the chip chase where Parker gets burned by Manu earlier for the Puyga try, but then he comes back, burns him. Garrick Chips, like, whenever there's a support try to be had for them, it's he's always there. DCA. He's, he's there. always fucking there. Yeah. And I generally don't mind having a bet on him every couple of weeks, and he's always sort of threes and but fours watching for that live, watching he how far just, he was oh, kicking the ball. Yeah. In the first half. He's kicking game. There were some of them where Tedesco yeah. was standing really deep and felt like he was going to comfortably catch it, and he was having to really get on his bike late to get back to catch it over his shoulder. Yeah. Like, Cherry Evans was hitting the ball sweetly. Mm. and when you were talking about the set distance that was clear that they were getting out of it in a sense with yeah, the fact that he's kicking, kicking the ball out. so long doing a really good job I also thought defensively they've had some lapses but I thought on both sides who have both been poor defensively this year they had some good try saving moments between good, them yeah. um, there were some good scrambles and it finished exactly that way as well they find that try late where Schuster puts an absolute peach on I think Sandon Smith may have tucked in just a little bit um, for Burbo to sort of burst through, but there was multiple moments there where they probably could have, could have got pipped. On one of the shifts there, they were probably too short. Park said that on radio, and they managed to scramble, shut it down. The kick coverage, Teddy almost crashed over on one, Martin almost got over on one. Like they, they held on, 
And considering, like you said, live being there watching it, it did feel like the Roosters probably had the better of territory possession opportunities. Like we're really on top for that part. And, and they, with the way they were physically live as well, like they did a good job on Manly's middles. There's a couple of guys there were hurting watching live. Mm. But I think for the Roosters, I take some positives out of some of the changes they made. Like Nafahu White thought was good physically. Wong finally gets a game. Probably thought they maybe could have given him two stints. They stuck with one. Bradley did a reasonable job on there. Uh, the one for me, I don't, I've said it a lot this year, Nat Butcher, man. Nat Butcher's a good footballer. Yeah, he's he's football, just yeah. a fucking, he's a battle axe for them, honestly. Old reliable. Comes back from an injury, 55 tackles. He's involved in anything. Get a hand in one of the tries. That dude's just tough. 100%. He's fucking tough. He's tougher than a $2 state, that prick. Love it. Um, anything else on this one? No. I guess... Good. Probably the big thing we talked about. It was I, critical. I, I do have a bone to pick. The fact that they just sell fucking craft beer in that stadium. Ah, four points. Tell them, eh? <sighs> Come with you to have a look at, you know, your cup team and experience Brookie. And I, I was on the hill, so fit the Manly fans out. And we got I dropped some... you off at, where did I drop you off? We're in the mall at, what time? 10 o'clock? I went to one barrow and had a cough. And then I went to the mall, went to Girdler's. Got the Telegraph. Had some bloke judge me because I dismantled the paper just to pull the sports pages out. Not the financials or, you know, the horoscopes or nothing. Unlucky Eagles. Had a second coffee. And I will say one thing about Manly, though. Fuck your cafes. Like, seriously, just get a big brekkie on the menu. Is it that hard? Mm. I know I'm a dirty Westie, and you're probably sitting here right now, but everyone was, like, organic and quinoa and goodness bowls. Like, no one just has a straight-up big brekkie. I want a hash... Bacon, eggs, hash brown, sausage. I want bacon, eggs, hash brown, some toast, and then, like, give me some avocado or something else as well. But you didn't even have a big brekkie. Half of them didn't sell bacon and eggs. It's ridiculous. I walked through a ring of mall with a paper for about 30 minutes like I had this truck trying to find a cafe and then girdlers that was all... They had bacon and eggs, but I had to order it all individually, but everything was marked as organic or cage-free or not harmed. I'm like, look, I just fucking want to eat, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't feel, care how I got to my I don't, plate. I don't want guilt about how, what I'm going to eat, yeah. but for someone not to just have a straight-up big brekkie on your menu, it's not good enough. I just wanted a big brekkie. So. It needs to be an investigation. Your coffee's awesome, manly types. Don't get me wrong. I had two really good coffees, but fucking hell. Simplify your brekkie menu. Just give me a big brekkie. Yeah. 30 bucks are the best. Give me a plate full of greasy shit that I can wash down with the coffee and read the sports pages. Yeah, fair enough. And the hill was good. Hill was something else. Um, only problem is you can't fucking get off the thing. Yeah, when I came out... I got trapped at the back. I said to you, I'm standing behind the post and there's a good spot to watch the footy. And you said... I can't get out. And they must have smelt the Westie on me because a few of them just threw their mattress with their kids and sat on my feet literally like I didn't exist. I was like, all right, I'll just go fuck myself. And You should have stopped a few. Keep going backwards. And then eventually yeah, it, the standards end up right at the back of the hill where you can't move. Step on a few phalanges, they soon won't have their mattress <laughs> on your feet. Couple of digits, you reckon? Oh, yeah. Stomp some fingers in toes, he reckons. Yeah. Romper stomper. Yeah, and when you took me to get my first coffee, what was next to that place? A jiu-jitsu dojo. Yeah, was so I was in the mood straight away. I was like, right on. <laughs> It was a good day, though. I enjoyed it. Brookvale, good experience. Been there as a player, played there, but I've never been on the hill or stayed and watched a game, so that was nice. Yeah, it's the first time this year I've stayed back and watched. And it was a rocking crowd, too. Good day. Sellout. Um, but we also mentioned before this, doesn't probably rule them out, but this was a big game for these two, for me, and they to pull even. Oh, I think it, I plus think it the draw. the Roosters out. But think? for the Roosters now, they're two out. So they're two out. You need to make that two up. Manly is still two out technically, but two out with well, the, one the draw. And a, one and a half out. Yeah, it's still yeah. two wins. But I don't know. I, I, I can't yeah, see. Yeah, see, I don't, it's not two wins. It, it's going to be it is the to reason they get spot. in or the reason they get out. 
So. But I don't know if either of them can make up that gap. Because they could theoretically only need 12 wins in a draw. Yeah, I, I just don't know. That might be the might be the way you get in with 12, but it might also be the reason you don't get in if you got 12 and 1 and 13's, 13's what you need to get in. Yeah. So, I, which is why I think, like, as much well, as the draw is the draw, like, I really look at it and go, you need to get a result. Huge game off the back of this. This was big for their season, but off the back of Origin, Saturday, them and the Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys are still outside because they've played more games. They're 9-8. But Manly win, they're still out again, and there'll be other teams win, probably keeping them still two wins out. But for the, if the Cowboys beat them, they're done. Yeah. But the Cowboys, they're going to have Cherry and Jake, and obviously we know Turbo's missing. The Cowboys have got five in and two others in camp, so they're going to have heavy representation. And it's at Brookvale. Yeah. It's a must win. And the way they lost to them last year, that disaster finish game where they blew it, I know people say you don't like to go back to those things, but I'm sure they'll remind themselves of what happened last year. They've got plenty of motivation to get up for that game. Yeah. But that's probably their season, because off the back of that, Sharks will the next one directly in front of them are there, and then they get Manly, they get the Roosters again. So the next month could be sort of a streak that needs to happen. Yeah. Because if not, on the back of that, Panthers, tough one, Warriors, tough one, then they finish with the Dogs and the Tigers, but they need to put in the groundwork these next few, especially those next two. Yeah. With Sharks and Cowboys. If they're out of that, they're done. Because that's just going to pull that to a three gap. But yeah, first step, Cowboys. Uh, the Roosters, I'm like you, they're, they're saying after the bye, Walker, Cheesy going to be back, but they're still missing all those forwards. There's been no signs of life. I I really struggle to see a run coming. And off the back of that, they get Melbourne off the back of a disappointing loss. Saturday from Origin, they're both going to have plays backing up. Melbourne's based in Sydney already, so it's not like it's a travel issue for them. It's going to be same circumstances all around. Um, Titans, Brisbane, Manly, Dolphins, Eels, Tigers, South. Like, I still look at that draw and think there's four or five games in there that are very questionable for them. Yeah. So you're sitting there going, I could see you winning maybe three of them at best. In that case, you've got the red pen. We'll see. Yeah. So, unless they start a miracle run. But yeah. That wraps up the reviews of the rounds in the weekend. Let's jump in and preview uh, the short round before the Origin game. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. Make sure if you're going to have a bet with anyone, you do it with the true blue Aussie bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. And also remember, though, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And the six points up at half-time promotion. Get paid for NRL games this round. You'll be paid out for head-to-head bets if your team leads by six or more at halftime. Get paid up to $100 maximum winnings. Good beans. Always nice to know you've got a little bit of security if your team decides to just blow their stack. It's happened a few times. Biggest one this year that I think that I sort of banked on and I wasn't on that one was when uh, the Warriors come back and beat the Sharks. Mm. I was feeling pretty comfortable in that game. But if I would have been on this promo, I would have had my money. Mm. Mm. It was my own fault. Uh, let's look at the lineups for these games, mate. And kick us off Friday night. I don't think, oh, sorry, Thursday. I don't think it's going to be pretty. It's the Tigers at Combank up against the Sharks. And in terms of changes, Twile Ben for a hip drop. Atasi James gets a debut off the bench. He's probably been, probably should have been something outstanding in Carl. Yeah, he should have been looked at back in the last year, in my opinion. Um, and for a few of the guys they've got in their top thirty, getting a crack. Doffaluma 
and Brent Naden both injured, so they've been replaced by Tommy Talao, Asukapoa, and for the Sharkies, Fanukin suspended, McInnes to lock, Jesse Calhoun is the new face on the bench, Rudolph played cut last week to get some minutes under his belt, he's back in for Hamlin Ueli, who's out with a rib injury, I don't know if it can be any worse than it was last week, but I still can't say this has been pretty. I think this yeah. is another easy kill for the Sharks if they're serious. Yeah, I agree. By 30, 40 points at least. So yeah. That's the headspace right now for around the Tigers, unfortunately. And the odds with bluebet.com.au suggest that $1.07 for the Sharks, eight fifty for the Tigers, and the start is 21 and a half points. Friday is the Dragons up against the Raiders. And for the Dragons, a big change. Sloan, injured, calf. Former warrior, Paul Turner, who... Apparently, he's been playing some good footy. He gets his first crack for the Dragons and at fullback. Mm. So, that's a big change. Moses Suli comes back into the centres after his week off with concussion. Ben Hunt on origin duty. Jaden Sullivan comes back to halfback to let Amon come into six. He had a big game in cut last week. And, oh, we only talked about this yesterday. I said I like Dan Russell. Dan Russell. Another debut for persistence. Good on him. He's a battler. Another one who's tougher than a $2 stake old Dan Russell. Mm. Done a good job in Q Cup for a long time, and any time he plays for Papua New Guinea. But he's in. He gets a crack. Well done, Dan Russell. For the Raiders, Corey Horsberg. He's up, so Atamariota moves to prop. Uh, from prop to lock, sorry. Emre Gula moves into start in the front row because Sami Solo had that brutal knockout last week uh, when Jolliff... Copped him, and his place is taken by Trey Mooney, and the other new man on the bench is Peter Holler. So a few middles get an opportunity there for the Raiders. The race, team. What about with those changes, mate? You think they've still got enough there with Tarpany, Hudson, and Elliot leading the way? They'll be way too tough for the Dragons. Yep, and where is that one? Is that winning at win? Win at win. They haven't won at win recently. These two used to have a bit of beef with each other. Um, But yeah, no, I'm with you. I'll stick with the Raiders for the time being. That spine... Change will be interesting uh, to see how Turner links up with those guys and uh, the bench makeup there. Also, Mbaya, Molo, Couchman, Russell, Dan Russell. And the odds with this one, 360 are the Dragons with bluebet.com. That are you, the Raiders at $1.29. That's shortening from the first time I saw it. Ten and a half for start. Um, yeah, it's a decent chunk of change there. And we move on to Saturday. The Eels up against the Warriors. A reshuffle of the back line. Sean Russell rolls into fullback. Isaac Lumilumi comes in on the wing. Centers are the same with Simonson Penasini, who are in really good form. Seva on the wing. Madison goes back into six and Arcee to seven with Moses, obviously in origin. And Brown, we know now that he's going to be out for an extra month on top after all his charges were settled. Paulo back into the front row with Campbell Gillard out. Ogden starts. Brendan Hands is the nine. There is still no Josh Hodgson. I think he's had a neck surgery, if I believe correctly. Cartwright, Davey, Hopgood. And the bench is Moretti, Offahengawi, Sean Lane, and Makatoa. And for the Warriors, probably the biggest thing to come out is they named the same 17, but they're saying Johnson could be out, which is huge. Hmm. Uh, his wife... He's due to give birth of his second trial. If that's the case, he will not play. He'll stay in New Zealand, and Ronald Volkman likely comes in. Mm. So I looked at this and thought, you look at the reshuffle. <laughs> Russell at fullback, I don't have a big problem with. I know he does, probably doesn't have the ball-playing side of things as much as the Gutherson, but their forward pack's still pretty solid. Madison and Arcee showed they could do a job last time against Manly. But you pull Johnson out. Um, I still like the Warriors, but I think that makes it closer if Johnson's not there. Yeah. 
There's certainly enough in the forward pack there and the OBs to compete in terms of yardage in the middle game. Who are you tipping? I tip the Warriors still. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, I think if Johnson pulls out, that certainly makes it more interesting. And the odds mm. with this one, it's swung with that Origin selections. They started pretty much this price the other way around, but with bluebet.com.au, the Eels are now $2.30 outsiders. The Warriors are $1.62 favorite, three and a half. The line, no doubt that'll even up a bit if Johnson pulls out. Uh, Bunnies, Saturday night at Acor against the Dogs again. Swag of changes. Walker, Murray, Cook, and Kalama Tungi all into the Blues camp. Hawkins in the halves. Savili starts at hooker. Ben Lovett goes into the back row, as does Shaq Mitchell at lock. Tass returns in the centers after his wife gave birth to their first child. And Tyra Munro goes to the wing. Kenner to 18th man. And Mamazoulos and Talis Duncan on the bench. Huge reshuffle there. For the doggies, Toby Sexton, the new signing, straight in. At halfback, Burton goes to six. Khaled Rajab is dropped out of the side. Avarillo goes to fullback. Jackson Torpenny and Braden Burns are a new pair of centers. Blake Wilson onto the wing for Addo Carr. Kyle Flanagan comes onto the bench, and Paul Alamotti and Hayes Perham have been dropped. Yeah, so, I, I can't tip the Bulldogs after what we saw last week. It's so. a hell of a reshuffle. Yeah, I can see the bounce back factor. Well, I think Hawkins I and Elias still bring enough stability. I just can't do it. I guess your minutes there. I think Havili and Mamazula. Your biggest question here, I guess, is what you get out of that back row of Lovett, Cheekham, and Shaq. Like Lovett's played, yeah, I think. But look at who's facing them. Ockenball, Preston, Fatal. Yeah, I get that. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm still going to go see us too. Yeah. But if oh, the dog, dog you know, these gonna, are the games. It's like, like this is unfair, really. South like, shouldn't be uh, in a position where they're competing with the Bulldogs. But Origin is doing that, so exactly. This is a, this is a game that could impact them top finishing four. the top four. This is why Origin really needs to be looked at, and finals in general because they're still in that jam. That's why last yeah. week's result was so big. Yeah. It could be undone straight away if others get wins and you drop this one. Mm. Mm. It's, big, it's not good enough. It's not um, so yeah, both on South, but certainly going to be closer than what people anticipated with those extra selections for the Blues and the Bluebet.com.au. A dollar fifty are the bunnies, two sixty are the dogs, minus five and a half is the line there. And the last one to wrap up the round. Derby game and a revenge game. The Titans. What was the lead? 30 zip? That last time around. But yeah, a couple of changes for them. Philip Sami withdrew last week. He's back in. So Jojo Jafita goes to the bench. Jaden Campbell, the new fullback with Brimson going into origin. Cleese Haas. Isaac Fasul, Malawi, and Jamin Joloff join the starting pack in place of Tino, Moiaki, and Fafita. And another PNG Kumul gets a debut. Jacob Alec is going to make his debut on the bench. So good weekend for the Papua New Guineans. Dan Russell, Jacob Alec, Kumul's all round. Yeah. Right on. For the Dolphins, Ewan Aiken moves to the centers with Hammer going into origin. Cody Nikarema goes to fullback as he did last round. Marshall King's been named, but they reckon. He's, he's a late withdrawal. Felice is out with the 11-day stand down. Wallace and Milford both return, and SESE moves into the starting side. So I think it's highly likely that we don't see Marshall King um, in terms of how that reshuffle plays out. Well, I don't know. Does he roll Nicarima in and pick another winger? But looking at his bench, like Branko's sort of in the mix there. Oh, I think maybe Harrison Graham would be likely an in or Max Plath to play nine. 
And maybe Stone covers a little bit of time there or Milford. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Because, um, yeah, at the moment, Katoa, O'Sullivan, Nickarima at one, I think you'll leave him there. So he just needs to probably construct a way to get some minutes at nine. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Dolphins in this one. Yeah? Yeah. Even with the thought of Marshall King not playing? We'll see what happens. Well, I'm going to stick with your mob. Um, I'm not my mob, mate. I'm what do you got? Me. Your bench is probably my only question. So Joe, he's going to use Jojo as a middle. Aaron they Clark. Lose, are they going to suck this coach as well? Or? Randall Ailick. They're going to our second assistant. Yeah, you know what? To be fair, like it's a big ask probably of like Cleese, Isaac, Jolo for like the minutes. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, no. Jesse Herman, Connelly, Connelly Lamelo, uh, Stone, Kerr. It's just a classic Titans losing game. <laughs> you're telling me you're talking right. about culture losses what well, price are the Dolphins I'll come with you then now you've told me that I was going to go your mob but I'm in I've seen it I'm on the Dolphins I've, I've been there mate I've done that you've nailed it just telling you with bluebet.com.au for information you do what you want $1.70 favourite are the Titans the Bluebet Dolphins they made the big world sponsor for them they're $2.15 so a bit of value and two and a half's a lot mate yeah yeah okay so there you go. Title line than I thought. We've tipped the same round in the bye. The Roosters, Manly, Newcastle, Broncos, Cowboys, Panthers, and Melbourne this week. There you go. So let's hope we can add to the charity account. We've cracked the $1,000 mark. Uh, it's a tough week to have a punt, that's for sure. It is. But I'll try and find something. Go Been good. The value. With the try scorers. Uh, I think I'll just stick with that. Yeah. Try and find a weak spot. Um, I think my pick will probably be in that Sharks-Tigers game. I think there'll be plenty of try scores. Yeah, mate. Whether I can find something with a little bit of value. Yeah. Yes, uh, Rich. <laughs> Thank you to bluebet.com.au. Remember, if you're going to bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Remember. Remember. Thank you for supporting our charity account. And what are you really gambling for free and competitive sport? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Boxing. Mm. Who you got on the weekend, mate? The Bears again. The day's the day the teddy bears have their peak. Out of Blacktown, three o'clock kickoff, HE Labor. So you got a win, well needed win last week to keep yourselves in the mix. Yeah. Off the back of a loss. We didn't raise a bat, which I wasn't happy about, but. And you conceded late, which you weren't happy about. Yeah, it was. It's like, it's no good. So. Everyone's like, why are you so fucking cranky? Did any results? Do you look at the results on the weekend? No, I, don't, I don't do ladders and I don't do results. I'll look at it with about two rounds to go and then I'll go, okay. This is what needs to happen. Oh, where are you guys now? You're seventh. Yeah. But what does that mean? Well, top five's nine, so you're still two out, really. We've got two draws, though, so. So you're on eight. Yeah, again. Technically. We play Bulldogs, we play Jets, we've got Bears this weekend, we play Raiders, we play Warriors, roll down. We play Penrith again, so we play Dragons, so we play everyone ahead of us. Our destiny's in our own hand. Oh, yes. So, play on, mate. Weekend was good. Yeah, I had a few, yeah, a few, a few phone calls, a few Instagram messages and stuff asking about just some of the attacking stuff that we're doing, which is yeah, interesting. Mm. Good to see people listen to the show, paying a bit of attention when when you can actually see the games. But there are a few people out there who are manly based fans who are yeah interested in. Some of the stuff we we're doing and just differences between what first grade are doing and what we're doing and stuff that we speak about on here that we're doing, some of the stuff we speak about here that we're we're not doing. So yeah, just had some interesting chats the last few weeks. 
Nice. Probably since the power game and then obviously the weekend where we've we've put a few points on, but yeah, we had pretty good cattle on the weekend. Yeah, it was a good good squad you rolled in. Um they certainly served it up to. Which helps, yeah. That's all right. But yeah, always good to have decent cattle. Interesting like I said, style of game. Fast start and then you punched in the mouth, got to a good lead at half time, come out and went on with it. Yeah. Things got a little bit messy with a few blokes. Thirty zip and then I think what was it, forty four zip? Forty eight. Forty eight zip. And they scored late. But a few blokes also got in their fields when games get like that. A few blokes get a bit heated. A couple of binnings. Yeah, on Morgan Harper. So, still a victory. Lionel Richie. Kicks a chair. <laughs> He's got that soul glow going. Mate, his hair is That's outstanding. coming to America. 101. Oh, Daryl. Daryl? He's got twin boys as well. Brings him in the shed after the game. It's unreal. Mm. Twin boys. There you go. That's got to be the greatest gift God can ever give you. Not only one dose of trouble, two absolute maniacs. Well, I'll That's what it, twins yeah. are. I don't think I've ever seen a, a set of twins which aren't just complete maniacs. I was going to say. It's outstanding. Jonesy, well, one of my best mates, he's got twin boys and I went there the other week and they're just like colliding constantly. Yeah. They're like magnets to one another. You're like, all right, stop that. Two seconds later, they calm they're down. Back into it. Next minute, they're running into each other. Going, like, These two are just at it. Not stop. Stop. Trampoline fights, lounge fights. <laughs> They're just after it. It's great. It it's is hilarious. hilarious. I was sitting there having a beer and it's like, get it! Yeah. It's the best thing ever. But they are good eggs. Anything else to wrap us up, mate? I've finished season two of Better Call Soul. There you go. I watched a little bit of it with you. I've never seen it. I actually enjoyed the episode. Yeah. The bit I saw. Right. So I started the first episode of the third season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah you it's had, good. You had me watching Creed 3, which I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, we've got 20 minutes to go. It's good. I like it. While we upload and finish up. I like the first two, but I'm certainly enjoying this one. I'm a big Creed fan. Old yeah. mate who's fucking on a chip off the block of old Mike Tyson. He's done a good job. Dame. I know he's in a bit of Barney Rubble, the actor, in his real life, but he's done a good job in this movie. So, mm. best of luck to you, mate. The Ashes? What's your take on the Ashes? What's your take on the run out? Well, it's within the rules, so fuck him. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about cricket in terms of what's etiquette. And yeah, but, not, but I know that in the same game, fucking Bearstow tried to do the same thing. Well, I was about to say, they've got into the past, and then someone's already. I know people go, oh, you can't but get like, back, but well, it's easy to go back if you say something like that. Someone also dug up McCollum after he says, we won't be having a beer with him anytime soon, him doing his career. I'm like, well, like, really? And it's Stuart Broad, of all people. Like, again, I haven't watched as much cricket in the past, but of all people to talk about in the spirit of the game, fuck you, Stuart Broad. <laughs> You're kidding yourself, mate. Yeah. You're an absolute flog. And some of the members in the bacon and egg ties and the way they carried on, you're like, listen here, you rich yob, sit the fuck down and watch the cricket. Was he Choo, 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 choo. You're like, was he Kawaja? He's the best. Who are you guys going at? He you get f- smacked up by any of those blokes walking through there. He just fronts them. I'm like, you're the king. Yeah, he's he? got pure anger. Like we saw when we watched the test. If I could scare to you, JL, JL's got the eyes going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the only guy who's got any sack in this team is Uzi. Yeah, that's Uzi right. just told him straight up, mate, they're all fucking scared of you. They think you're crazy. And then old crazy eyes are rolling around his head while he's literally saying it. Like, yeah. 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 He's like, get him, JL. Throw a couple of roundhouses with your black belt. Yeah. Now, I, again, I haven't watched a lot. Uh, probably in the last few years compared to what we did when we were younger. I used to watch a hell of a lot of cricket. But uh, looking at that, and again, everyone throwing shade here, there, and everywhere. Like The cold hard facts are they're down two zip, and now they need to win all three test matches. So... Yeah, we're a draw away from retaining like, the Ashes. We're two draws away. For all from the winning. noise, like there's only one way they win here. They have to go three and zero. Yeah. Otherwise, we retain or we win. Yeah. So, yeah. Too win, bad. So sad. Isn't we're it? a win or a draw away from 
we're, we're a win away from winning it. But we're a draw away from retaining. Huge respect to Ben Stokes. Mate, that, was, that was like watching you know cricket. He's a fruit. He was just absolutely going the top. Shit bowling though. I'm going, what, oh, what are we bowling horrible. these fucking half trackers for? But still give him some, I'll put some respect on it. That's Put some respect on Put some name. respect on that name. He was literally treating it like. I was going, not again. Everyone's just on the fence and he's going, you know what? Yeah, cool. T20. I'm yeah. 155. Absolute tomp fest. It's the highest score ever by a number six in the fourth innings of a test match. But he's a Kiwi, so come on. Yeah. And I know they go, well, Marnus is South African. It's like, well, Kevin Peters was South African too, so, you know, if so, fact, mm. I think you guys have stolen more than we have over the time. I think you're right. Mm. Just throwing that out there. A little bit of shade, mate. Unlucky it was. Yeah. So I've got nothing else for you. Not me neither. I don't have a game this weekend. I had a game last weekend. The Rouse Hill Rhinos, they're the last team that I hadn't done. Played Cabra. Uh, Cabra got the W. Rouse Hills had a wretched run of injury. They had uh, a lot of the Parramatta former players' sons. Who were all well, I was going to say, that's Brad Arthur's club, isn't it? That's Brad Arthur's Jake out there. Or they're only a young club. When I did my research, 07, they were in. And their only NRL players so far of that team that he coached had Penasini, Lozu, Russell, Jake Arthur, all in one team together at the Rhinos. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, but their coach, good bloke, and he's got Hyamarsh's young bloke, Kalis's young bloke, Lockie Vello's, Vello's young bloke, and Luke Burt was there before he moved up to Queensland. His son, uh, two of them injured though, so I didn't get the same, but Lockie... Yeah, well. Lockie Vella played Matt's year young this year in centres. He's torn his ACL there. Yuck. So I didn't get to watch him. I uh, saw Highmarsh's young bloke. Surprised he was a halfback. Yeah. He was tall. There was a lot of him, um, but he was playing seven. So. There you go. Was Hindy there? Uh, I didn't see him anyway, no. Hard when I'm obviously looking at the game. I'll but... tell you what was fucking hilarious. The Matty John show where he was eating oh, the The Nordstrom or whatever, oh or the Swordstrom. God. Yeah. The, the stuff after was funny too. That made me... What about the blokes that was loose as coming in after and eating I, Some... I saw it on Sunday. I was watching it on Sunday night after you'd just gone home. That was ill. Mate, I was I was absolutely crying. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Hilarious. It was pretty funny. I didn't see, uh, I didn't see Thursday night. I got a, I... People that asked me... I spoke to... Cooper actually said to me, he goes, oh, did you see... Thursday night, I'm like, no, nah. you guys are going to replay right. it tonight, watch it. I got a good laugh last week when they kept using the big league with Heine and his missus in the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, some of the gags, I just sometimes, I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, you haven't got no, me. I was good. They got me last week. I was the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got me. Did you see when they gave him the sign for the hands and they gave Fletch one with his bent finger? No. I can't remember what it was for, but they gave him something and his one had the crooked pinky. I was like, that, that's good. That's funny. That's good, Val. So is there a game tomorrow night? Is one of those games tomorrow night? Thursday, yes. Uh, Sorry, not tomorrow night. Thursday night. Thursday, yeah. You're a bit early. It's Tigers game. Tigers, Sharks. Tigers, Sharks. Is that Thursday? It is Thursday. Mm. Mm. And then the under-19's origin is the following Thursday. Ah, that was the one I was going to say. When's that on? The following Thursday. You told me, and I saw the team list. I love that game. So they're filling that that in as the... uh, Yeah, they're filling it as the Thursday Thursday night time slot. Yeah. Yeah, so this this weekend is one Thursday. I'm pretty sure it's one Friday. Yeah. Double Saturday, is it? Yeah, double Saturday, one Sunday. Origin, a couple of days after. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, Thursday night, following up, like the women's game's been the last two weeks with the 19s, and then into the normal round. Yeah, so instead of the women's, we get the 19s. Yeah. Um, The only thing I probably didn't look at, the first game after, is there anyone backing up? Knights, Tigers. So they've got no one in. Oh, Brabham Best. No Tigers. Best will be able to back up. So when is this? 
Bulldogs, Broncos. Uh, yes, the Cave under 19, New South Wales women's under 19 scores, blah, blah, blah. Thursday, the 23rd of June at Leichhardt Oval. That's where the 19s game is? Yeah. I thought it was a KO at all. Or I saw something wrong. State of Origin 19s, KO Stadium, Redcliffe. Oh, I'm looking. This must be last year's one. Yeah. You got the wrong one. That was Leichhardt. Yeah, sorry, 2022. Update at New South Wales. So, obviously, no surprise. Like the Maroons teams, heavily North Queensland and Broncos. Melbourne's got, I think, three of their juniors in there. Um, Penrith got one kid who's obviously uh, Queensland-based. But, yeah, it's majority those two teams, Broncos, Cowboys, and then there's a sprinkling. Uh, one Tiger, one Bulldog. Uh, heavily North Queensland. Not surprised. They've won the last two flag comps up there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a spattering of a couple of the Sydney clubs and the Dolphins have got a couple in uh, from their junior base as well. Yeah, good. So, but a couple of names. Mozart's the big one at Brisbane that everyone's talked about. He's playing again this year. He played last year. Okay. Uh, Matua Brown, who's North Queensland. I, there's been a lot of talk about him in that 18s competition that's just happened up there, the Australian Schoolboy Championships or whatever it is. Yeah. Is that CHS and CIS and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? It's on at the moment, I think. Yeah. Well, Matua Brown was one of the big names that was spoken about Yeah. coming out of that. I know that Damon Marshall, who's at the Bulldogs, who's come down from Queensland, there was huge raps on him. Gabe Satrick, the hooker at Melbourne, he's been playing really well. They went on a seven-game win streak. And Waka <sighs> from the Dolphins. He's a bench on the bench in the forward spot here. Other than that, I haven't heard many of the other names, but I know that Waka's been upgraded for three years for the Dolphins, so they've obviously got high hopes for him. Yeah, wow. So there'll be other names there, like I said, again, without seeing their flag because nothing's broadcast, obviously, so it's hard um, to be on top of that. But no, the crazy thing that got me, like I forgot how young Samuela is. I know how young Latu is, but Samuela and Latu are both playing in the right. 19s team together. When I sent that to you and saw that again, I was like, holy shit. Like, I knew Samuel was young, but I, did, I didn't think he was still eligible to play SG ball this year. Crazy. And he's playing first grade. He's raw as all hell. But there's some good names in that team as well. Um, Felidi from the Tigers, Miles Martin at Newcastle. I've heard that he was going to Melbourne. I'm not sure if that's confirmed. It hasn't been. So, uh, Joe Ash Papali, Bulldogs, already playing New South Wales Cup. McLean that Penrith signed for multiple years or playing Cup. Ethan Sanders, the half, he's the one to obviously keep an eye on. He's the one that everyone's chasing at the moment from Parramatta. One SG ball. Chevy Stewart, 17-year-old, playing New South Wales Cup, poached from the Sharks down to Canberra. Good steal there. Um, yeah, not knowing as much about the Queensland setup, but looking at that team, I think New South Wales will be the favourites again. Mm. Having a majority of guys there, like a, a hefty lot of those guys playing Cup already. Yeah. So... They're always good games to see. And you, you'll definitely see some future first graders. Like last year, there was a couple of guys that jumped straight in. So, I really enjoy those games. I still wish they were pre-game when we went. I know they didn't get probably the televised thing, and it's another way to fill the time slot, but it was always nice to go early to the Origins and see 16s, 18s, or whatnot, and they used to get stuck right into each other. Yeah. Usually a bit extra testosterone. A couple of big fellas trying to throw <laughs> down, but, yeah, not to be anymore. But that's a huge show, so let's wrap it up. Are we Are we doing an Origin preview? I know it's a... Dead rubber. Yeah, we always do an origin preview. So we do a wrap-up Sunday night then. That's what we've been doing, hasn't it? Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Wrap up the games, preview the origin. Yeah. Probably doesn't need to be as in-depth given the circumstances, but we'll look at it. There's a Sunday game this week, the 6 o'clock game. 
Or are they doing that post-origin? No, sorry, I think it's post-origin. Good question, Aguado. No. It, you said it's only one game Sunday, didn't you? It's one game Sunday. So it's four o'clock. Titans-Dolphins. Yeah. What about the following week? Go to round... Just click the bar, mate. You idiot. Nah. Yeah. The bar doesn't go the whole way across. Yes, it does, mate. No, it doesn't. Six o'clock? Yeah, six, six o'clock Sunday. That's the Titans game. Eagles. The treble next week. They always do the 6 p.m. game the week after Origin. I like it. Yeah. And the week after that... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Good beans. All right, mate, ready to wrap her up? Yep. Well, there you go. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week, hopefully, uh, these games this weekend are at least entertaining for the interruption. Then after that, we'll be on the run home. No more origin effect and hopefully no injuries out of this week, fingers crossed, that have any major impact or implications moving forward. But to wrap us up, thank you to bluebet.com.au going to bet with anyone do it with the true blue bookie. Thank you to Sinclair Hyundai Penrith, Toby and the team there. Go get yourself a Tucson, a Santa Fe, a Veloster, a South Korean killer machine. Get one. And then finally, Penrith Soul Center, Jake and the crew. They're the best quality, helping you save money and, you know, put some cash back in your back pocket. It's a tough time at the moment. Bills are through the roof. Plus interest rates, which got held today, but I don't think that's the end of the rises, if I'm being honest. Mm. so let's hope not because everyone's obviously copping a flogging at the moment yeah. but uh, big thanks to those three and thank you Boxhead as always yeah. yeah for everybody out there for now enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league we'll talk to you on Sunday bring it on give us more give us more where are you going where are you, what, 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 what's going on here is that it is that it Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.